Welcome to a Drucker's Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy, Kate Finks. We're back, man. Episode 172. Yes, sir. All right, man. Let's get right into it. Man, it's been killing me all week, dude, because this a whole Shikari uh, Richardson situation. I've watched a million people have their take on it, and it's just crazy, like, the type of things people are saying, mm-hmm. right? Um, for those that may not know what I'm talking about, uh, the Olympic sprinter um, had a... Uh, positive test for marijuana and she's been disqualified for 30 days um and and basically she may not be able to participate in the 100 meters based on the fact that she had failed that test she still not may not she, she, she's, she's not, not no. she, she's not at all actually yeah and but she may be able to compete in the the relay the what four is by it? one the four by one yeah because it starts 30 days after her um her suspension okay um here's my thing I, there are a lot of people saying like it's marijuana. This is ridiculous, right? And, you know, and let's be very clear. Um, I agree with the idea that it's just marijuana. Marijuana is harmless. I don't see a problem with weed at all. But let's be very clear. If weed is getting in the way, if weed is prohibiting you from achieving your goals, you need to stop fucking smoking it. Mm-hmm. I'm getting so tired of society making excuses for her. She didn't even make an excuse for herself. She said she knew the rules and she still did it. Yeah. I don't have a problem with her. I have a problem with society. I have a problem with society blaming it on race, calling it racism. Mm-hmm. This is so fucking stupid. This is accountability. Folks, guess what? Okay, today is July 4th. Me and Keith are doing a podcast on the 4th of July. But guess where you have to go tomorrow? Work. Guess what you have to abide by? Rules. Mm-hmm. If you don't abide by rules, you will get fucking fired. Yeah. Why do people act like this is such a foreign idea? Mm-hmm. We all have to. And let's be clear. If you started a business tomorrow, guess what you would have to create rules or policy so you can go through the proper legal channels to fire somebody when they don't follow your policy. Folks, you need to stop it. You sound ignorant. Mm-hmm. You sound stupid. Mm-hmm. Stop. And it's crazy to people with these huge platforms, Jamel Hill, T.I., putting out all this fucking misinformation. Michael Phelps is getting all this hate for no reason. It's ridiculous. Like, people don't realize Michael Phelps got railroaded way worse than Shikari Richardson did. Mm-hmm. He lost fucking Subway, Kellogg's. He, he got suspended. By the way, he didn't have a negative. He didn't have a positive marijuana test. Somebody fucking set him up. Somebody leaked a video of him smoking on a bong. Mm-hmm. With Shikari, it was self-sabotage. Yeah. Like, you knew they was testing your motherfucking ass. Not to mention, if you understood the historical context of the Olympics as a whole in its totality, Michael Phelps is by far, I would say, yeah, I'll say by far, is the greatest Olympian who ever lived and his ass got suspended. Why the fuck you didn't think you would get suspended? Mm -hmm. That is crazy. Mm -hmm. But here we are, man, trying to, you know, absolve her of this situation she knew what the fuck she was doing yeah like we gotta stop this shit man and i'm seeing a bunch of um high profile people who are and and the problem too is smoking weed is like a subculture so there's a lot of like matt barnes and seth rogan and joe rogan and all these people that love weed and don't get me wrong y'all could love weed that's cool but don't don't like don't be so stuck 
in this echo chamber of your love of weed that you don't realize that fucking rules exist. Mm-hmm. That is ridiculous. Yeah. And, and to go along with that, there's so many people that are on um, the Olympic track team that didn't get caught smoking weed. Right. You know, you got Alex, Alice and Felix, uh, Michael Norman, Noah Lyles. All these guys are, you know, sprinters for Team USA. And none of them had, you know, positive, uh, positive tests. And, and uh, one other thing that bothers me is if you're uh, if you're implying that um, the Olympic system or whatever is racist because it is suspending a black woman for smoking weed, you're almost implying that like weed is this black drug. Right. You know what I mean? Like weed is something that is universal. It has nothing to do with being black or white or whatever. White people smoke weed, black people smoke weed, Mexicans smoke weed. All you know, it's 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 it goes across the board. So for people to be out there and they're saying that, you know, like, oh this this is this is pure racism. They're doing this and they're you know they're trying to uh you know take down the black woman because you know they knew that we're gonna dominate in the sports and all this. It, It has nothing to do with that. Um, it this like in like we said before, you know, Michael Phelps got an even worse, um, I don't know, like a era or whatever, just because of a photo, and it wasn't even because of a drug test. Yeah. So it's it just it's it's one of those things where, and like Eddie said, I, the the example I was telling him, I was like, I know my cousin is a. Um, is a lineman and, you know, Eddie drives trucks and they have certain rules and obligations that they have to um, abide by. And I think what a lot of these people are realizing is that or not not realizing when a guy like T.I. comes out, a guy like Matt Barnes comes out um, and these different people, these are people that because they're, you know, like low key, like self-employed or they work for different organizations where, in entertainment where, you know, they're a little bit more lax on, on the weed smoke and right. stuff like that. Um, it's okay for them to do pretty much whatever they want to. If they right. want to snort a line before they go into work, ain't nobody going to, you know, drug test you and try to try to kick you out for that. But in certain jobs, in certain fields, there are, like we said, rules that people have to abide by. And if you are willing to risk the opportunity of a lifetime, to go to the Olympics over some weed, then that just tells me that you don't have enough discipline to right. really be successful. Right. But but the people listening right now that are disagreeing, but but her mom, so y'all know, but her mom, let me be very fucking clear with you guys. My dad has terminal cancer. He has one to three years to live. Keith just lost two of his uncles in the same month, and mm-hmm. we did not think to pick up a fucking blunt. <laughs> okay yeah, so shut up please shut the fuck up i'm so fucking tired yeah. of people all week oh but neither mom passed let me be clear my empathy and condolences go out to her losing her mother but we all go through shit all the fucking time life is not about excuses it's about execution and discipline and a lot of people don't have it she does not have <laughs> discipline okay mm-hmm. also um it- with that that idea that you know I use weed to cope. So w- initially, when she was speaking, I was like, "Hey, I like um, she she took uh, ownership of what she did. She didn't make any excuses." <clears throat> and then when it came out and, and she and I heard that she was saying like I, I was smoking weed to to cope with my mom passing. You know, I I do have empathy for her situation, and you know, prayers go go up to her and her family. Um, 
But at the same time, um, we don't generally use coping mechanisms that are like new to us. You know right. what I mean? Like, for me, like I don't smoke weed. I don't drink. So when my uncle passed, I didn't think like, dang, man, I could, I could sure use a blunt today. Or I could sure use a, you know, a shot or whatever. So basically what I'm saying is she was already smoking weed. And it, you know, that, that probably wasn't just a regular day for her. You know, she probably got up or the day before her race or the night before. She was like, you know what? I'm going to relax. I'm going to get my massage. I'm going to smoke me, smoke me a little bit yeah. of weed and get up and race tomorrow. You know what her favorite cereal is? Wheaties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I'm just getting so me on the box. Uh, if somebody don't make that right now on a box of Wheaties. That'd be funny. And the thing, the thing about it is, it's hilarious how many people are trying to literally uh, just say, "Man, it ain't that big a deal. Let her run. Let her run. Let her run. Weed is legal now. No, it's legal in 19 of 50 states in the United States. Yeah, it's not even legal everywhere in America. Not to mention the <clears throat> the, the laws in and the federally, states. it's not legal. Exactly, but the <laughs> law in the states don't got shit to do with the fucking Olympics. She is an employee of the Olympics." Yeah. So that, it's, that's like saying, you know, even with, you know, basketball and football games, what people don't realize, like, I remember uh, I was talking to Tyron and he was talking about, uh, I don't even know if it was him. It, was him. it, it might have been some other athlete. They were talking about if I play a game in Detroit, you know, a football game in Detroit on, on Sunday, um, that's my actual physical work. Right. So the taxes in that state or that city mm-hmm. are taken out on, you know, on, on my on check. Game. Yeah. That's so basically I, thing, yeah. I say that to say like the, um, the rules, you know, in certain specific areas are, they, they are what they are, but sometimes mm-hmm. there's a bigger governing body yes. that is handling um, the, the sport or whatever. That a hundred percent. And I think it's, it's, it's just a shame, man. It's just a shame that so many of us are trying to blame this on race. We're trying to blame it on um, all kinds of shit. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's irrelevant, man. Like, at the end of the day, the Olympics come once every four years and you squandered the opportunity because you couldn't stop smoking weed. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. You know what? I know, I know people personally that I've seen that uh, they've asked me whether it's been about truck driving or whatever it was. And I tell them, I give them the game as much as I can. Right. And I'm not the gatekeeper, the truck driving. You can, you don't have to talk to me to get a job. I'm not that serious, but let's be clear. I will give you everything I can as, in regards to information. But then at the end, they're like, so did they drug test? I'm like, yeah, they drug test. Oh, dang. So you mean to tell me that you are willing to, not do better for yourself so you could continue to smoke weed is if weed has that much of a grip on your life you need to stop fucking smoking you sound like an addict you sound like a fucking drug addict isn't we weed i really don't consider weed a drug but to some people it is Mm -hmm. to some people weed will just just exacerbate the laziness within people it will exacerbate the the re, the the reliance that people have on it mm-hmm. and then you got people that that are weed heads that have been smoking since the age of 12 and they'll be like the medicinal purposes and this and that motherfucker you don't smoke for the medicinal purposes you've been getting high since 12 shut the fuck up they didn't have that research when you was 12 yeah you just been smoking weed and guess what there's nothing wrong with you smoking weed but the fact that you have a lack of objectivity and you want to throw these facts out there all of a sudden because of an athlete that got kicked out. Bro, you you love weed. That's cool. Mm-hmm. 
But don't bring up all the the medical the medical <laughs> stuff out of nowhere. Let's be clear there. Are there are there um, uh, pros to weed? Uh, yeah. There are a lot of people that would be dead if they didn't smoke weed. Mm-hmm. Weed has been proven to to uh, to increase your appetite. And there was this young man that he couldn't keep food down. Yeah. And um, he was losing a bunch of weight. He was sick and shit. And the doctor, one of the doctors uh, said, uh, 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 what do you call it? Subscribed him marijuana. <clears throat> so he'd been smoking. Prescribed these- him. Huh? You said subscribed. Him. I said prescribed. It sounded like you said subscribe. No, you're not listening, Keith. All that hair is getting on. Run it back. Y'all them hair. Truckers, my podcast listeners, let me know. All right, all right. Fuck. Let me know in the comments. Fuck y'all. No, (laughs) (laughs) no. But um, after the young man smoked those joints, he was able to uh, create an appetite, and he would eat, and he was able to keep his weight up because he did smoke weed. Yeah. So there are um, medicinal. Uh, uh, there's medicinal, what do you call it? Um, benefits, benefits. Uh-huh. benefits to smoking. And by the way, let's let's just stop talking about smoking weed. Like you have CBD. My father used CBD patches on his back. Like that. Like just just cannabis in general. There are benefits to using it. Yeah. But some people, let's just be real. Most motherfuckers just want to get high. Yeah. Okay. I so, get high. So cut high, the cut the high. bullshit. Yeah, cut the bullshit. Mm-hmm. Don't don't say, man, man. I need some, <clears throat> I need some medicine. Like now, some people just call it medicine now. Mm-hmm. I think um, we, you also have to be mindful of the people that are coming to her defense, right? Right, right. Like right. think about their lifestyles. Think about the, the type of uh, uh, the type of brand they present to the world. Like you said, a guy like Matt Barnes, a guy like Ti. I'm sure Ti uh, smokes a lot of weed himself. I know Matt Barnes. You know they're. Yeah, their their podcast is it, that's the name of it. You know what I mean. So yeah. you got to be wary of of these kind of people because these are people that, like we said before, that started smoking weed, and then when research ca- comes out, then they start to uh, um, partner their weed smoking habits with scientific information. Yeah, yeah. yeah what it is is literally you are so swallowed by um, the subculture of marijuana that. You just lack you, you lack so much objectivity that you can't see outside of your bubble. Mm-hmm. Like that's why when it comes to like certain stuff, like I, I seen a lot of black folks, a lot of black folks that was talking about racism and this and that. But both me and Keith both being black men, we're still objective enough to see like, yo, this ain't it, man. Mm-hmm. This ain't the one. Mm-hmm. Like we talked about like um, when uh, th- that guy, I forgot his name, the one that got in trouble for. Um, he took the cop's taser and shot him, and then he took off running, and the yeah, cop shot him. Dude in Atlanta, I forget his name. Yeah, I can't defend that guy. Yeah, I can't defend him just because he's black. When mm-hmm. you fuck up like that, you take a cop's taser and shoot him and run, and you get shot. What the fuck did you expect? Now I can stand up for Tamir Rice. I can stand up for Breonna Taylor. I can stand up for George Floyd, but I can't stand up for that. Yeah, right. So my thing is, is as not only as a culture, but as people. Even people who are non-black. Let's stop being full of fucking shit, please. Mm-hmm. Let's stop being full of shit and take a minute and stop. It's this uh, this chick I know named Rebecca. Shout out to her. But she's a heavy weed smoker. And she said, hey, that girl knew the rules. You yeah. know, she said that she said personally, I don't even get jobs unless I know the policies that regard marijuana that will allow me to smoke or not smoke. I don't even get involved with them. And I was like, <laughs> 
congratulations. Here's a person who is a heavy weed smoker, but is also objective and smart enough mm -hmm. to know that just because you smoke don't mean the rules need to be bent. Mm -hmm. and, and then I seen a comment and I wasn't tripping, but it said that all oh, rules are arbitrary. This is ridiculous. This and that. OK, rules are arbitrary. Right. That's what you say. Right. But we also need to understand that we live in a world where the rules can be broken by the motherfucker that created the rule. Mm -hmm. So when you don't control the rules, you better follow them. Yeah. OK, if I own a business and I own Amazon and we had this policy and you're following the policy and then I break it and everybody knows I broke it. Guess what's going to happen to me? Nothing, because I'm the motherfucker that wrote the rules. Is it right? No, it's not right. But it's fucking reality. And you all know it is. Yeah. The, the thing for me, too, is that we can have this conversation about, you know, like, let's talk to the uh, the USA track and field administration right. or. Um, you know, the, the people that handle handle the Olympic uh, drug policy and stuff like that. We can have this conversation outside of the actual event. Why not stay clean? There you, you go. Know, uh, you know, don't smoke no weed until the Olympics are over. You know, after you win your gold medal or whatever, uh, you know, at the end of the, the four by one or at the end of your race, smoke all the weed you want to and then have this conversation outside of the Olympics. Right. It's, you know, you can't just break the rules and then, you know, go and expect, you know, uh, them to let you run still or whatever. It's it's these things. First of all, these these are uh, policies that have been in place for like 30 years. So there there are people that have, you know, put forth effort um, in order to, to change it. But there's still a stigma associated with weed. So why not? run the race clean mm -hmm. and then at the end of it, you know, meet up with these people and, you know, have supporting evidence or, you know, show like, mm -hmm. hey, when I smoked weed on this day, I had a race in um, I had a race in, in England or whatever. And, you know, it, it allowed me to to um, to relax a little bit more and I got out the blocks better and I ran right. all these type of things. Um, have this conversation outside of it. It's there you, it, go. It, you, you doing yourself a disservice to. Um, smoke weed and then have the world come afterwards and be like, hey, Matt Barnes and Jamel Hill and T.I. and all yeah. these people try to support it without any real uh, information. And then they're throwing freaking Michael Phelps name into it, it's a, it's um, you know, throwing him, throwing him under the bus when in reality, those. Yeah. Like you said, those situations are not even um, in the same ballpark. So. I just think it's it's such a better way to go about these things and smoking weed and then trying to like, uh, you know, post trying to go in uh, afterwards or in post of this event um, and try to like be these uh, these protesters or whatever. To you, I was like, this is what we should do. We should like, let's just not watch the Olympics and see them ratings go down. It's like Shakira watching uh, Richardson is. Uh, you know, she's an up and coming athlete and, you know, a lot of people uh, like her and, you know, they, they follow her and she got, you know, wild colored hair and, you know, she's passionate and all this stuff. But that's not that's not going that's not going to do it. This is a this is the World Olympics. This is basketball right. still going on. People like to watch swimming. Right. There's other the other track athletes that we actually care to watch. It's bigger um, than her. Tennis. They got three on three basketball. It's like, come on, dog. Yeah. This, this whole Olympics is bigger than her. Yeah. It's about the United States. It's yeah. not about one athlete. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then, and then people 
It's just weird, man. And and this is why it's important to think before you speak. I've been waiting all week long. I haven't made any statements about how I feel about it. Nothing. I've said one thing this whole time. The only thing I posted was there's no problem with smoking weed at all. But if it is if it is prohibiting you from achieving your goals, you need to stop smoking that shit. That's the only statement I made. And a couple people came after me. And some people are so dumb. They don't they don't even have it's just like they can't stay on topic. One dude, some dude brought up uh, you should be supporting her instead of tearing her down. And I'm like, where in this statement did I tear anyone down? Yeah, it's just that people. They just go on a rant. Mm-hmm. They they can't even. They have a problem, and it, it is a, he's a heavy weed smoker. The person that responded. Yeah, it's like you're responding with your bias. You're not responding with a well thought thought through um, rebuttal to what I said. Also, why are you so passionate about weed? Right. Yeah. You, I mean, it's like you're passionate. Okay, here's the thing. There's nothing wrong with being passionate about weed if you're making money on it. <laughs> if you ain't making no money on it you need to shut the fuck up if you ain't making no money on it if smoking weed is keeping you broke and you can't you can't even pass a drug test to get a decent job you need to shut the fuck up yeah i'm just being real because mm-hmm. i know some people like that that they got all this stuff they saying about this this and that and it's like bro if weed is keeping you in a fetal position you need to fucking stop it dude you need to stop it. I know people that pretty much gave up on life. I know some people that always got money for weed and somehow they be broke. It's like, how are you broke and you always got weed? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what, what the fuck are you yeah. doing? I, that, that's the thing for me. It's like you could do what you want to. Um, but if weed is somehow hindering your life as far as like, you know, you you could potentially get a high paying job, seventy five, eighty thousand dollars a year. Um, if you stop smoking weed and you choose not to do it, it just doesn't it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. And look, me and Keith are, are not anti weed at all. I think there's this antiquated ideology that is involved with marijuana. <clears throat> and I also think that marijuana is a hell of a lot better than these goddamn drugs that they try to pump into the athletes. Mm-hmm. OK, I'd rather athletes smoke weed than motherfucking take these pills and shit. But let's be very clear. I'm not the motherfucker writing the rules. Okay, Mm -hmm. that's not me. It's some old man that was like, no, they can't smoke that hibbity bibbity. They can't do it. (laughs) Now you can't perform in these Olympics without the hibbity bibbity. (laughs) But as soon as that motherfucker dies off, then they could rewrite this shit. But I think the smartest thing for a person like Shakari to do would have been that she could smoke as much weed as she want, but just secure the bag first. Yeah, she definitely fumbled the bag. You fumbled the bag. Mm-hmm. You fumbled the fucking bag. Cause you imagine this. You get your I bet you weed that blunt feel a lot better when you chilling in your house with the AC on 68 degrees and you got them two gold medals around your neck while you taking a fat blunt to the head. Mm-hmm. That is when weed is worth it. When yeah. you've achieved your goals and now not only did now it's like you get a double reward. You get your gold medals and you get a gold blunt. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, yo, just be smart about this shit. By yeah. the way, I feel ba- I, I, I really blame. It's like I can't just like the blame is obviously on, obviously on Shikari and she's owned it. But I blame the people that was around her. Yeah. Too. yeah what the, the fuck friends. was y'all doing? Yeah. If I if I got somebody like I was telling Eddie, um, I was saying like there's certain like a certain 
unspoken code when there's like one of those ones around. You know what I mean? Right. If it's an athlete in a neighborhood, people gonna try to keep him out of trouble. Yeah. You know, like hey, you know, don't walk down the street. Like, or you know, if he, you know, if somebody's trying to bully him, they'd be like, hey, you know, leave him alone. That's he, you know, he going D one next year, or whatever the case may be. But I'm sure she didn't smoke that by herself because she in a relationship also. Oh, so I know she probably man. was smoking, you know, smoking a fat one. Did she got a man? Nah, she got a girlfriend. Really? Mm-hmm. I didn't, she left me? I, that's what I, yeah, that's what I seen. I don't want to say something that's not true. I don't know if she has a girlfriend or. or yeah, I said on the thing that she thanked her girlfriend after she won the, uh, she won the race. Well, her girlfriend is a lot to blame too. If yeah. y'all in there smoking together. Yeah. Damn, man. That's not cool. Mm-hmm. What if her girlfriend got a certain amount of jealousy? Dang. What if what if her girlfriend knows that going to the Olympics around all these other attractive women from these other countries is going to happen? Yeah. We never know. I look, I don't know. I I'm talking out of my ass. But sabotage her. Yeah, it could be sabotage. Anybody that's that close to you should like they should be willing to take a like I won't say a bullet, but they should be willing to like make a sacrifice. Like, ladies and gentlemen, like for example, fellas, if you got a girl, right, and she wants to grow a business. And she's struggling financially to get it off the ground. And you know she's working hard. And you know you got the money to help her do it. Like, boom. Like, that's something that you should step up and do. So that's just an example, right? Mm-hmm. But if you know you got a girl that's going to the Olympics, and if I even smell weed around my girlfriend, I'll be like, hey, you need to get the fuck out of here. Yeah, Y'all need to go. Because mm-hmm. I'm the type of dude that's like this. If I had a girl that's going to the Olympics... I don't give a fuck if we broke up or it didn't work out. I would know that I did my job to make sure she is in a better position, even mm-hmm. if we ain't together no more. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. What's the point of being with somebody if you can't help them be a better person? So what the fuck? And it's like people are like, well, you can't just blame her girlfriend. You don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. But the possibility is out there, man. Somebody that's that close to you. And if you're in the Olympics... I'm pretty sure you got a small circle. I'm pretty sure you're not going to nightclubs every weekend hanging out if you're an Olympic athlete. Mm-hmm. So there's a small group of people that knew what the fuck was going on. It's not like she snuck into a dark room at two in the morning and was like, let me quietly smoke this blunt. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think that happened. But that's, mm-hmm. that's neither here nor there, man. Yeah, I just think, I just think we have to... Uh Start being more disciplined as a, as a people. And it, it, it's like I said, we can, we can have this conversation about what's right and wrong and science and whatever. But we do have to realize that the Olympics has been around since, you know, before slavery. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or like some style of Olympic Games. Yes. So we have to realize that it's just a it's an antiquated system. Yes. And. It you know whether it's right or wrong is 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 another conversation, but we do know that there are rules in place. Yes, and we got to uh, we got to abide by these rules. Like you, you're going to have like we were saying before, you're going to have so much like the um, the notoriety, the fame, endorsements. If she went in, you know, she went into that uh, Olympic Games and she won a gold medal in a hundred meters. The, all the money that would be flowing her way, the notoriety, the talk shows, all this kind of stuff, she would have been just like. You know, like people love her already, but we would have had so much more love for her around the country if she was able to do that. But now it's it's almost like a tainted uh, go at the Olympics. It's just kind of weird. But yeah, I, I think we said what we could say about this topic. Mm-hmm. So we'll move on. But before we do move on, 
I just wanted to let you know all those that have listened to this extremely nuanced conversation and you're still like, let her run this bullshit. Y'all don't know what y'all talking about. If your ass started a company tomorrow, you would create a policy or rules. And if someone did not abide by them, you would fire them. And if you disagree, you're a liar. Okay, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you are a fucking liar and a hypocrite. All right. Switching gears. Mm hmm. Um, Bill Cosby, Mr. Frazzle Snazzle himself. <laughs> Bill Cosby just got released after multiple allegations of him uh, having foul play with these women um, and putting quaaludes in their drinks and whatnot. Um, but here's what we got. Uh, Bill Cosby release explained. I'll go directly to why. Uh, it says, why did the court overturn Uh, the conviction. And here's why. Because prosecutors violated Mr. Cosby's rights by reneging on an apparent promise not to charge him. The court uh, court majority ruled. In 2005, Bruce Castor Jr., who was then the district attorney in Montgomery, PA, uh, outside Philadelphia, issued a news release saying that he had declined the change to charge Mr. Cosby over the matter. Mr. Cosby then sat for depositions in a separate file lawsuit against him by Mrs. Constant, which he paid her $3.38 million to settle in 2006. But in a subsequent district attorney reversed Mr. Castor's decision and charged the entertainer with assaulting Mrs. Constant. After all, the, the, in the trial, prosecutors used uh, what Mr. Cosby said in the deposition, his admission that in the decades past, he had given quaaludes to women in effort to have sex with them as evidence against him. In quote, it says, we hold that when a prosecutor makes an unconditional promise of non-prosecution and when the defendant relies upon that guarantee to the detriment of his constitutional right not to testify, the principle of, of fundamental fairness that undergirds due process of law in our criminal justice system demands that the promise be enforced, wrote Justice David Norman Wecht. OK, here's the problem. Bill Cosby was released on a technicality. Mm-hmm. This motherfucker wasn't released because he was innocent. Yeah, <laughs> he was released. This is why. This is why my biggest gripe is this. I can't get up here and say, "Oh, Bill, Bill is guilty. Bill is innocent." That's not my stance. My stance is that the judicial system as a whole can be bought. Mm-hmm. The fact that if you have proper representation and money, you can get yourself out of prison. Mm-hmm. Even if you got all these accusations against your fucking ass, had this been anybody else, your ass would still be in prison right now. Yeah. But because you're Bill Cosby, you can go to the fucking Supreme Court and get it overturned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's fucking nuts. Yeah. Um, not to mention the biggest problem, too, is they're used to dealing with regular Joe Blows. They're used to doing anything they want and then just sending people away for 35, 75 years. But here's the problem. When you use those practices against someone like Bill Cosby, he has so much fucking money that his lawyers will look at every nook and cranny. They will look at every intricate detail and they will not allow you to lock him up. And that is exactly what happened right now. They found the chink in their armor and they got Bill Cosby out on a technicality. Mm-hmm. That shit is crazy. Yeah. I mean, that's. The best lawyers money can buy. You know what I mean? That's the the, the name of the game. I think that um, early I was relating it to um, 
like sports or just like, you know, like a, like the Warriors or, you know, the Bulls or the, the early uh, 2000s, the Laker team. Like when you put in that uh, that team of lawyers together, you picking the best of the best, you know, in whatever uh, state or city that your your case is in. And they it's just it's just talent at the end of the day. And like you said, those those people when you paying them and I don't know how much sometimes these lawyers be like real real life millionaires. Um, like I went to I was in L.A. once and I I seen that um, I was I was delivering some mail or something like that. And I seen I'm that, delivered. <laughs> I seen some uh, some Johnny Cochran, his office. Did and you I say cock, bro? What did you say cock? Johnny Cochran. <laughs> <laughs> that loud ass truck drove by. <laughs> Go ahead, man. But nah, I, I seen uh, one of Johnny Cochran's offices and I was like, yo, this is like, this is big business as far as like these lawyers. And I think he had, I think he had like offices. He might have like three offices in LA or something like that. Right. Um, but you realize like it's like you know, like I said, it's it's uh the best lawyers that money can buy. So when it comes to um the people you, you I'm sure uh Bill Cosby probably paid upwards of a few million dollars in order to to keep his team working and to keep them, you know, looking for every sort of way for 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 him to get out of prison. And that's just kind of what money affords you. You gotta think too, like these are the people that are working for the government, um if you, if right. you had the opportunity, right, say, and I don't know the, the actual numbers, but say you're, you're some sort of like district attorney or something like that, that has been appointed by the city or the state. And you may make maybe like $150,000 a year. Good job. You got benefits. You know, your family is taken care of. But when you working on your own and you working with celebrities, oftentimes, yo, the your salary cap is unlimited. You yes. know what I mean? Yes. So, you know, not to say that there aren't talented people that are working for the state, but oftentimes the most talented people, you know, in any sort of field is going to be people that are like more of a freelance right. person. So I'm sure that team that Bill Cosby put together, like the, I think also that they knew they had something um, that had something in the wings. Right. Because. One thing that Bill Cosby never did is he never admitted to doing any of this. No. And sometimes an admission of guilt can kind of nullify um, these opportunities to get out. So right. as they were working, I'm probably sure they told him like, hey, you know, we know you uh, you got accused of this and we know you're going to prison for this. But never say that you to uh, never admit to doing any of this because we working on something. Bill, I mean, I don't think Bill had to say anything. He never said he did it though. No, I don't think he said shit because he's old as fuck. I don't think he's old. He seemed like he's like got dementia almost. You see that weird shit he was doing outside the courtroom? Nuh-uh. Like he was walking up and then he like just stopped and like looked over this there and then he looked the other way and then he walked out. I I wish like this is why we got to. He's going blind too. Yeah, I don't know what. I don't know. If they asked him a serious court, like a serious question in court, he'd be like, oh, frazzle, stazzle. (laughs) He wouldn't know what the fuck is going on. Quaaludes. <laughs> yeah, Bill might start wilding out, bro. He might start wilding. It'd be like Playboy Cardi featuring Bill Cosby. Cannon, cannon. What if Bill went to the script club to celebrate? Oh, well, nobody had no drinks that night. Nobody had no drinks that night. You'd be in there parched. 
When when Bill Cosby go to restaurants, they just give him an empty cup and say, "Here's the machines over there." <laughs> you do not trust this God nigga. Dang. <laughs> you said something about Eddie Griffin, though. Oh, Eddie Griffin had mentioned in an interview that back in those days, that the equivalent to Quaaludes now would be like like Molly or Percocets or something, and mm-hmm. that's uh, what he was doing. Like, I don't think that absolves him of anything. But mm-hmm. I, and just because it's something, I guess it it was normalized doesn't mean it's right. People smoke crack and do heroin and shit. That ain't normal at all, you know. But I think I think it's something to that, though, like because and obviously, you know, legal legal or laws are laws for a reason. Right. Um, but there are, you know, a lot of things that were uh, normalized behavior, you know, in the early nine. And obviously his was probably like in the 70s or something like that. But, right. you know, even stuff, you know, that we grew up on in the 90s as far as, um, you know, calling women out their name. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Cat calling and all these kind of things, um, that you know, that wrong, and man. even, you know, homophobic. Uh, slurs and and all these kind of things, stuff that we we know now that we would never do, yeah. and it's almost just kind of like you know that that was the era, and not that you know like not like you said, this is not absolving him, but you know some stuff, some illegal stuff is normalized behavior, um, you know, and that's just it's unfortunate. Yeah. Like I literally, like I, I wanted to this briefly <clears throat> briefly mention this, but earlier. I posted like I posted on Facebook. I was like, "Yo, you gotta stop calling women bitches, man. That uh-huh. shit needs to fucking stop." Mm-hmm. And there was literally some guys in the comments that were on the fence about it. They were like, "Hey, man, I'm I'm not willing to." One dude said, "Oh, man, uh, I usually agree with what you post or whatever like that, and your motivation on the post, but I'm not dying on the hill on this one." Yeah. And I was basically like, I, "I didn't have, I didn't consider you when I wrote this post." Yeah, right. And, I didn't know how to consult to you. Yeah, I, I didn't fucking seek your validation to write this post. But more, mm-hmm. here's the funniest thing about it, though, right? This motherfucker had a picture of him and his daughter in the as a profile picture. Yeah. So if I walked up to him and say, hey, what's up, bro? Hey, how you doing, little bitch? How's it going? Yeah. He'd be one to fight me for that. Yeah. So th- th- it's mm-hmm. the hypocrisy. I think a lot of people operate in that space, though, that like I can do it to you. But if it's done to me, then it's an issue. Then it's an issue, which Mm -hmm. is fucking stupid. Mm -hmm. We don't need to call women bitches. That's it's so dumb. Mm -hmm. It is dumb. We have moms, grandmas, sisters, wives, girlfriends. And if somebody calls them a bitch, we ready to fight. But we can call other dudes. Do you not think that these men want to fight you if you call their sister a bitch? You fucking idiot. Mm -hmm. It's sad that there's a lot of men that want to hold on to to this shit. Like they want to hold on to it like it's something that's beneficial. Mm -hmm. So crazy. Yeah. Like the whole idea of pimping in America. Like Mm -hmm. it's so disgusting. All all the pimp is the slime ball. Like uh, there was a, a Magic Don Juan and other interviewers. That were doing interviews talking about how he's like, yeah, you know, you gotta, you gotta play a bitch mind, let the bitch know that this and this and that. I'm just like, this is disgusting. Mm-hmm. This is disgusting. But I don't want to, I don't want to stray off top. But for some people, that type of shit is normalized behavior. Yeah, you know. And with Bill, he was like, there's no problem. It's just a little drugs. <laughs> you know, and then then he ended up going to prison, and he was like frazzle snazzle. It was like, yeah. uh, that shit ain't gonna work now, Bill. <laughs> Yeah, that shit ain't working no more, motherfucker. You <laughs> don't bring that old ass stand up in here. Yeah, don't bring that. Don't bring that out. Don't bring that uh, expired pudding to this fucking courtroom. <laughs> 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 
God damn. Yeah. Um, this my whole take on this is is not a, a dramatic take. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of women that feel slighted by this. Yeah. Right. Um, and and here's what I have to say to them. What I would what I would say is this: be weary, be very weary of men um, with status um, for this reason. There are some women that because a woman's beauty will get her in many places and mm-hmm. around certain people. Mm-hmm. So it could be Jane or whoever that works at Wendy's, but she's just fucking beautiful. She's probably like 20, 21 years old. And somehow Chris Brown comes to town and he has a concert and he sees this beautiful young lady in the audience. And he's like, hey, come back to my coming up, coming back after the after the a concert. Mm-hmm. So here you are, this girl from, you know, from Bakersfield and you're. She probably work at Chick Fil A at Starbucks, though. Okay, you fucking my story up, man. <laughs> so you're backstage with Chris Brown and shit, and he's digging you, and he starts putting his hands on you, and you don't really like it. And then, unfortunately, uh, something happens that's not great at all, um, and or he punches you if it's not some form of sexual assault, it's physical assault where he socks you or punches you, and now you tell the police. And due to the fact that Chris Brown has so much money and status, you he turns into a ghost. He's on to the next city. He's on to be a predator somewhere else or to be a woman abuser somewhere else. And you are just there. So yeah. you have to understand that when a person has that much status, they can leverage it against you and you won't even be able to defend yourself. Now, if if your boyfriend, Billy, that works at, at Starbucks with you, his ass going to jail. Oh yeah, he hits you. His ass is going to jail. But but Chris Brown, no. Even even uh, Amanda um, Amber Heard. I don't know. I keep saying Amanda Amber yeah. Heard. She was she had. I think I don't know if it was a girlfriend or a wife or something. She had domestic violence allegations that ended up being dropped. And then obviously when she got with uh, Johnny Depp, same situation. Yeah, she's still out here thriving. She's she an Aquaman and shit. Yeah, she should be fucking locked up. Yeah, but due to her representation in court, she is free. This is all the evidence you need that the judicial system can be bought, and, yeah. it, and it's fucked up. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah. But, but yeah, and here's another thing too. This is just for the women out there. Um, just because it's Chris Brown or whoever else does not mean they're not a predator. It does not mean that they're not a woman abuser just because they have this status. Just they're famous. Yeah. Just because they're famous. Because there was a, the NFL player, Darren Sharper. You know, Darren Sharper. Darren Sharper's all pro safety. And this guy's handsome dude, man. Makes a lot of money. He all was, pro rapist. <laughs> he's a fucking rapist. Yeah. This dude was raping women. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing about it is, is people, was, people were saying things like, man, these women ain't no good. They just out to get these athletes. They just trying to do this and that. And this motherfucker was, he owned up to it eventually. Mm-hmm. This guy is a fucking predator. Yeah. And you would think that, and here's the problem with society. You would think that a guy that is rich, well-known and handsome is not a predator. He could get women anytime he wants. He ain't got to rape them. But the motherfucker was a rapist. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this this like microwavable thought process that we have towards celebrities needs to stop. Mm-hmm. It needs to stop. Because even a man dealing with a high profile woman could get himself in trouble. Mm-hmm. Like, like imagine all of a sudden made the stallion was like, Ooh, I love Eddie and his podcast. Uh, how you doing? We should go on a date. And then I go out on a date with her and I say something she doesn't like. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to leave. But as soon as I walk out the store, I get beat up by nine people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> this shit can happen, man. Mm-hmm. There is a certain danger that you encounter by dealing with certain people. Yeah. You get out of your element. Now you're in their element and they control that element. Now you're fucked. Yeah. It's the bad thing, man. Yeah. I, yeah. Like you said, I think that's super important. Like, cause you know, we all have, uh, we idolize these celebrities right. and, you know, sometimes women and we know women personally that have in that have been um in close proximity to different rappers and athletes and entertainers and stuff like that and you know they do what they do in those situations but you like you said uh we have to be mindful of the fact that these are just normal people with a lot of money and a lot of fame and a lot of instagram followers so the same type of people and we personally know people that you know have um allegations or we know people personally that have been accused or you know people we see on the news like on the uh, local Bakersfield news that you know been accused with raping or sleeping with whomever there was a a guy that um, we ran track with him and played football with him um, he had went to Centennial and then he went I to, already know about his yeah, story. Yeah. He was a fucking creep. Yeah, exactly. So I say that to say that these are the type of people that are also celebrities and also athletes and yeah, stuff like that. That so. dude, he was a he was a young guy, light skinned dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was a fucking rapist. I think it was was he was been uh it was like his second case or something like that. Yeah, I think so. He's mm-hmm. a sicko, man. Yeah. That's, you know how sick you know how sick of a person you gotta be to literally Get, like grab a woman against her will and do that to her. You gotta be a mentally ill, sick motherfucker. Yeah. And to make the process of it of restraining somebody while you are aroused, that is just disgusting. Mm-hmm. Right? That motherfucker deserved every ounce of prison time that he got. Yeah. Yeah. That guy's a sicko. And then he was on there. He was like crying in court, like I'm a good kid. You know, I'm. I don't. I think, I'm, I'm not even into that, and it's not true, and all of it. It's like, man, fuck you. Yeah. I hope you burn in hell for what the fuck you did. That ain't cool, man. It, not at all. And he, this motherfucker had the nerve to cry. Imagine this: you getting locked up, you still alive, but it's some woman walking around that's dead inside because it's of your trauma. bitch ass. Yeah. Yeah. I think he also blamed. Um, he gave the wrong name. I think when he initially got arrested, I think he gave them his brother's name or something like oh that. Oh my god! So yeah, it was a crazy, it was a crazy, crazy case, man. Yeah, and like I said, we we you know we we grew up playing sports with him. So <sighs> these are the type of people, and he was a really good athlete. You know what I mean? So he could have been a Darren Sharper, or he could have been a Bill Cosby, or any of these kind of people. Yeah, if he had money, he would he would still be free. Mm-hmm. See, that's the thing, man. Like. That's sick. Yeah, it's sick. It, it's sick, but it's uh, we don't. The world is unfair. We don't live in a fair world. We just talked about Shakari Richardson and about how the rules and this and that. But the thing about it is, is you can manipulate rules if you're the one that created them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's a fucked up. That's a very fucked up thing. But whoever, whoever, uh, you know, is in charge of the judicial system it, at the very top is somebody like, okay, we'll take that three million. You got it. That's true. I I think what happens, too, is um, we don't realize the disparity between fame and money. Right. Right. So you see these rappers, they'll get locked up and, you know, they'll serve however much time. But if they really had the means to get out of a situation like, you know, because a lot of times you, you could be there could be a rapper. He might have the number one song in the country. 
but he may have a hundred thousand dollars to his name or something like that. Right. You know what I mean? So that that's not necessarily gonna get you the best legal team. But those those Michael not to say that Michael Jackson did anything, but you know, a guy with the the net worth of a Michael Jackson or, you know, OJ Simpson kind of leveraged his fame by, you know, signing cars and stuff like that. Uh, but when you got um endless money like that. OJ Simpson got a knife deal. <laughs> <laughs> you got a you got a nice sponsorship. <laughs> oh, Jay Simpson, that's just Bill Cosby Jr., man. Yeah, but you know those those people they can leverage those things. But you sometimes you'll see like a rapper they'll get caught up and they'll spend like you know three years in jail or something like that, and it, it really just means they didn't have enough money to pay off whoever they needed to to get them out. That's all it is, man. Mm-hmm. Money is power, especially in the with the when it comes down to the law. Yeah, there's, there's so much shit you can do. So mm-hmm. this is what you gotta understand. Let's say you're worth, let's say you're worth five hundred and twenty billion dollars, shit like that. Mm-hmm. And let's say you get pulled over by the cops, right? And somehow they let's say they say something you don't like, you'd be like, you know what? What's your badge number? What's your badge number? Right. A person with that much money can find intricate details about your uh, I don't know, about your chief mm-hmm. or about whoever is doing investigations because he has the money to make people be foul. So what happens is, is he could control the people at the top of that department and then trickle it down to you. The two officers that pull them over and say, hey, you guys, are, I'm sorry, I got to let you guys go in, in, in money, too. Yeah. But also the 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 network that money brings you right 100%. so you know if you got you know you know a few b's behind your name you're going to know the mayor of a city there you you're go. going to know the sheriffs you're going to exactly. know all these you know the chief of police and all these exactly you know you might have gone to dinner with them or a charity event or something like yeah. that so you shaking hands and rubbing elbows with oh, yeah. with all these people so when it come time to you doing something bad or whatever you know it might it might get swept oh, i guarantee you some of the richest people they put these other people of power in positions to where you can blackmail them. So like I mentioned, let's say some two officers give you an attitude and you want to get them fired and you're worth $500 billion and you motherfucking say, hey, fire these officers. And they're like, who do you think you are? And then you just send them a picture of the chief uh, getting a blowjob from some 19 year old at a party. Yeah. Now you're going to fire those two officers now, aren't you? Yeah. That's what type of power you get when you have money. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's yeah. that's the type of shit where that's the type of shit you're dealing with when you're talking about the Bill Cosby's. You're talking about the O.J. Simpsons of the world. They could pay for the best representation. And it goes on and on. There's a bunch of people. Donald Trump's another one. You can't fuck with Trump. What's the name of that porn star tried to sue him and ended up having to pay his ass? She broke her NDA. Yeah, she broke her NDA. Mm-hmm. So it's like it, it, Stormy Daniels is doing odd jobs now just to make money. <laughs> What's she doing? She was, I guess, she was in like being a stripper again. Oh God, yeah, that's crazy, man. Lawyer fees, crazy. Yeah, that's nuts. Mm-hmm. That's nuts. You don't. Here's the thing: what you got to understand, you don't fuck with the president. That's the what you don't do. He is sitting on the highest seat. I don't give a fuck if you don't like Donald Trump or not. You don't fuck with nobody. You don't fuck with Barack. You don't fuck with Trump. You don't fuck with. But don't fuck with none of them. You fuck with them, you might come home and it'll be five dudes in a black suit. Hey, have a seat. You you got to think too. Be, the, being the president, there are people that are not 
that don't have a political affiliation that are trying to protect America. There you go. So there's going to be people that are, you know, doing their best to clean up messes. And because mm-hmm. he, he's, you the, know, the first. Yeah. First of all, like the the um, <laughs> the Clintons, like, whoa, whoa. when Donald Trump, when Donald Trump looks bad in society, it's bad for the economy. You That's know true. what I mean? It's bad for the value of the dollar. So all these things. So there, I think there are people that have con- made a concerted effort to protect the president, um, whoever it is in that seat. Yeah, he he probably was the hardest president to protect out of any president because he was constantly being done. Uh-huh. And they were getting people around him, but they never were able to get they never able to get dirt him. on him. They never yeah. able to get dirt on him. He's like, you can try, but you won't <clears throat> ever get me. Yeah, yeah. It, it, Donald Trump seemed like one of them dudes would be like, I know what you are, but what am I? <laughs> <laughs> a bitch? I know what your mom is. I know what your mom is, but what am I? A bitch? <laughs> I, imagine how many like fine women Donald Trump smash. Just because he Donald Trump, but just like, just nasty. Like, ugh. Yeah, I know. It's disgusting. And Kim Kardashian or something. Yeah, you never know. I don't know. Yeah, but I, I just, I don't know, man. I don't want to beat over the same point. Um, it's just, it's just the, the main point in all of this is not to remotely try to make any claim that Bill Cosby is innocent. It's just the fact that a blunder or a, a, a mistake in the way that they tried to uh, prosecute him mm-hmm. caused him to get out on the technicality. Mm-hmm. And it's proven two things, which is equally disgusting. One thing that's disgusting is the fact that he can get out on a technicality based on deep research and proper representation. And it's also disgusting that the judicial system cut a bunch of corners because they thought they was dealing with a Joe Blow. So imagine how many people have been railroaded and arrested who may have been innocent, Mm -hmm. but because the courtroom and because of the system was able to Put them in a position where they can't. The average person doesn't have enough money to defend themselves. Yeah, it's expensive, man. You know, so they they when they know this when they when they present. Hey, if you take this deal, I know you're can. You know, if you don't take this deal, we're going to give you fifty years. But the best we could do was twenty years. Mm-hmm. And it's like you can't accept that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just that pressure that you know yeah. these attorneys and stuff. That you know they sit you in that room and or the the police officers or the investigators or whatever they'll sit you in that room and put that put all that pressure on you like hey such and such is over in the other room he's talking he said that you did this we have you on tape doing this and they don't got no evidence but they p- applying all that pressure and that get you know get those uh statements that they need out of you so oh yeah they're gonna get they're gonna get it they're gonna get it out of you yeah yeah they're gonna get it out of you one way or another yeah. Uh right. Where we at? 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 All right. Switching gears. Um, a, a guy ran himself over uh, on TikTok trying to create a new trend. I'm not sure how many of you guys have seen it, but recently uh, there was this guy that was uh, had was being videoing himself. Somebody was videoing him while he was doing it, but he was standing next to his truck and walking down the street, which is probably the equivalent, I guess, to ghost riding the whip. Mm-hmm. And the car, the truck's going down the road, and then it just eventually swallows his fucking ass up. He just gets ran over by his own truck, mm-hmm. which is I laughed. I only laughed because the extent people are willing to go for attention can get them fucked up. Mm-hmm. So it's really it's unfortunate. But 
Here's the article. Man gets run over by his squatted truck while filming a TikTok video. This is definitely not how this guy wanted to go viral. Lance Rhodes loves two things, his squatted truck and posting on TikTok. One quick glance at his TikTok videos and you can tell that he absolutely loves his truck. But this, but his truck didn't show him this, that same love in return as he was run over while attempting to create some new content for social media. I had to look away from look away while watching the video because I didn't know if the loud sound was his phone hitting the pavement or one of his bones snapping. I certainly thought well, I certainly thought that his leg was crushed, but according to the TikTok he posted, he actually just broke his arm. Um, someone actually asked him about his leg not being broken and he addressed it to all of his followers. Uh, although he was sour that TikTok wouldn't let him wouldn't let him at least enjoy the views from his disastrous attempt to ghost ride his squatted truck. He managed to finish the mission and do a little rapping and dancing full arm cast and all. What a moron. He's still trying to get attention after he got fucked up. Mm hmm. Oh, what did he, he didn't say it. They didn't write the statement about the leg or what happened? No, nah, he just told him his leg was fine. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, he just let him know his arm is just broken. Mm -hmm. And then he's like got another thing of him rapping. And let me see something. Hold on. <clears throat> Hold on. What's this guy doing? Hold on. Wow. Oh my God. Really? What was he doing? He was doing some dumb TikTok shit with his fingers and his hands, like dancing outside the truck with a broken arm. Oh, he's still at it. He's still at it, man. Yeah. That what you want to break your whole fucking body now, you moron? <laughs> God damn, man. Look, mm -hmm. the reason why I brought this up is because we live in an attention society. Um, but what we need to understand is that sometimes the cost for attention is just too steep. Mm -hmm. Right. The, the price for attention is just way too steep. If I'm breaking <laughs> bones and shit, like, first of all, the only attention that I care about, I'm being real. The only attention I care about genuinely is the podcast. Mm -hmm. Please, you know, share with a friend. Listen, tune in. We appreciate you guys. That, that that's the only type of attention that I enjoy is for the content that I create. The value that I present to people is the only attention that I care for. I don't, I'm not one of those motherfuckers where you got to be like, oh, my God, Eddie, I think you're handsome. And, you know, I love Keith and his hair. And it, we don't give a fuck about that shit. <laughs> what, like, it, it's more or less the substance or value that we offer the world is how, you know, what makes us probably make our confidence actually go up. But some people, the only time they have any form of confidence or validity in this world is when they're doing something that could get them hurt. Or do something that just brings them attention with no value. It's yeah, really strange. Man. I, I think when you when you don't care how you get on or how you gain notoriety or fame, you will do pretty much any and everything. And I think this is one of those cases. Like he is doing the video with the ghost riding a whip is is one thing, but when you're capitalizing off the fame of almost killing yourself. Like that's where there's a there's a real issue. The price and I, is too steep, man. Yeah, and and it's 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 um, it's a, it's a thing that we get caught up in because we see things happening via social media where people are going viral for things that we think we can do. 
So, you know, the whole dog face thing, he just, you know, uh, riding a skateboard, drink, drinking ocean, ocean spray, playing uh, Fleetwood Mac. And we're like, yo, this is this this all you got to do to get this all you got to do to get on. This all you got to do to get these endorsements. So you're trying to like one up these people or do something there comparable. And, you know, yeah, exactly. You mess around and be riding a skateboard and get hit by a car. You know what I mean? Or something like that. You get, you get famous for hitting by getting hit by a car, though. Yeah. But you won't live to see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't get a Toyota endorsement in your grave. Then all of a sudden you're going to see hashtag a bus challenge. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't go out and get hit by a fucking bus, you idiots. Don't yeah. do that. That's a new, uh, gives new meaning to bust it open. Yeah, no, that's a real busted challenge. <laughs> <laughs> Getting hit by a fucking bus. <laughs> bus one, human zero. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, it's sad, man. I think that, um, it's, uh, I think that like prior to social media and, and, and the, even the idea of something going viral, um, I think that people didn't operate like this. Right. Like there were some things people did just because you're, you know, you like, you might be like a dumb little kid. Like there were, like there were people doing the, um, replicating WWE moves and there were people dying from that and stuff like that. Yeah, but I, I, excuse me. I think that was primarily because you're just, you know, just young, dumb kids and, you know, you're looking at stuff on TV and just trying to, uh, just trying to replicate it. But now these same those same people, if this was um, early two thousands or late nineties or whatever, those same people would be doing that same thing, the WWE stuff with a camera set up, and with the intention of being famous. So it's uh it's a it's, it's very detrimental, man. Yeah, if you want to look, if you want to do WWE moves, just try them on your girlfriend, man. That's all you got to do. You don't got to go out and. That's <laughs> <That's crazy>. <laughs> <laughs> you grab your girl like, yeah, this is the over the shoulder boulder holder. <laughs> the over the shoulder boulder holder. <laughs> Oh, man. A set of the people's elbows to people's dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dang. And you know what you should do? Like, like I'm not a wrestling fan, but I do know some of it. Mm-hmm. What you should do to really annoy the fuck out of like your wife yeah. is ask her a question. You'd be like, hey, do you like uh, cucumbers? She'd be like, actually, it doesn't, it doesn't matter, matter what you... <laughs> You jabroni. <laughs> After sex, you ask your wife, did you come? I don't think it doesn't matter if you came. <laughs> oh, yeah. dang. Rock the goat. Yeah, the rock is hilarious, man. <laughs> but that used to pit, that really pisses people off when you do that to them. Yeah. They'll be like, I'm having such a bad day. Okay, babe, what happened? It doesn't matter what happened in your day. <laughs> Oh man! I think honestly, out of any wrestler, there's probably like there's probably some earlier wrestlers before Steve I really Austin. start. Steve, yeah, Steve Austin for Big sure. Show. But I just think as far as a brand, like branding wise, and just like memorable like quotes and stuff like that. Not even the wrestling aspect of it, but right. like some of the stuff The Rock did, like showmanship. Yeah, just the showmanship. I think he was probably like definitely one of the, the top guys. Yeah, him. The Big Show had that song every time he came out. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Big Show didn't have the personality as like a Stone Cold or a Rock though. Nah, he didn't. Or Hulk Hogan even. Now Hulk Hogan, you know what, brother? We're gonna come in there. We're gonna do this, this, and that. Yeah, Hulk Hogan probably might have had no fuck. That's a tough one <clears throat> because I think it was like the most 
it might be Macho Man Randy Savage. Because mm-hmm. Macho Man always sounded like he was about to fucking die. Yeah. He's like, you know, we're going to come in here. We're going to get you. We're going to grab you. We're going to get our heads together. We're going to grab you by your neck and slam you on your face. <laughs> I'm running out of breath real quick, but I'm going to just try to finish this sentence real quick. Yeah. You imagine him at a, at like a Japanese restaurant? Uh-huh. Like, what would you like? Like, I want some of the teriyaki chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Get some lo mein, <laughs> chicken lo mein rice, Japanese chicken sandwich. <laughs> oh, man. That's funny. That guy is so full of energy. Mm-hmm. RIP to Randy Savage. He passed away, I forgot how many years ago. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. I wouldn't be shocked if he just busted out his casket like, I ain't dead yet, man. Imagine if he was a, <laughs> imagine if he was a preacher, though. Oh, dude, if he was a Corinthians preacher. Corinthians 3.27, I just want to say everybody stand up so we can do a quick prayer. <laughs> <laughs> Randy Savage couldn't be a pastor, dude. He would just come off the pulpit and just fucking choke slam somebody. I'm gonna slam you in the name of Jesus Christ. <laughs> Can you imagine him speaking in tongues? He's like, oh, that's your body moving <laughs> <laughs> oh man I gotta look that up Like how long ago did he pass It couldn't have been that long ago uh-huh. Dude this cord is so fucking long What the hell How did it get That mic is like 10 feet Yeah that shit went around my neck how, I'm trying to see how long ago he passed Yeah I wonder Let me look that up man Rest in peace to him Yeah for But dude sure. there's so many great personalities in <clears throat> WWE man yeah. Another Another one was uh, Oh my god Ric Flair yeah, Ric Flair. Ric he's Flair. definitely like an icon in hip hop culture too. Oh yeah, he's a huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he was, died in 2011. Uh, Randy Savage. Randy Savage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, freaking um, <clears throat> Ric Flair is. Uh, Ric Flair was like the flashy guy. He's like, I got a diamond ring and a Rolex watch, and I'm gonna. Have, and he's like, you he said something. I can have any woman I want. Yeah. Any woman that I want. Yeah. I mean, he had. I forgot. He had one. He's like. Uh, uh, some some jet flying son of a gun, and mm-hmm. I'm. He said, "I'm some having these alligators down." Mm-hmm. I was like, "This guy, that's funny." Yeah, yeah. There's it's a lot of great personalities. I don't know how we bursted into this subject, but that Wrestling, is wrestling. Yeah, that is so hilarious. Yeah, uh, you said something about the <laughs> WWE move. <laughs> I'm pitching this all up. <laughs> I don't fuck with WWE at all now, but when I was a kid, that was the, to me that was the peak of WWE. It was WWF. Yeah, back when I was watching World it. Wrestling Federation. P- very few people realize this, but back in like 19, no, back in 2001, that uh, Steve Austin and like Booker T and all them, they went to Green Frog Market. Oh yeah. That, that video is still out there. That video is still mm-hmm. out there. They went to Green Frog Market. I think it's off of Alta Vista. Mm-hmm. And um, they went over there. And it's they, not even there no it's more. It's not there no more. Yeah. Now it's fucking Dollar, dollar, dollar General. Uh, like, yeah, Dollar General. Mm-hmm. But they went to Green Frog Market when they came out to Bakersfield to do a show out here. Yeah. And it was so dope, dog. Like yeah. I remember watching it when I was in school. I was like, oh, fuck. That's cool. I know yeah. um, they have like a website, like a current film website basically huh? has... Uh, a bunch of different film locations like if you're you're putting together a movie right and um that one is like they have like a image on there of uh, like the green frog market yeah. as one of the locations for filming and stuff yeah booker t mm-hmm. 
Booker T was another one that was pretty uh, pretty dope for that time. Yeah, Booker T was cool. He was like, you know what, sucker? <laughs> oh, I should grab you by your neck right now, sucker. People don't realize how that's a that's a real talent. Like, yeah, first of is. all, you got to be on ten all day. You yeah, know, not all day, but while you filming at least. Yeah, and then obviously you got to be in shape. You know, a lot of those dudes was you know really you know you could tell they really worked out. So. I, what's hilarious is there's this film that was going around where Booker T accidentally said nigga, right? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I seen that. You see that? <laughs> He's like, we don't care. We'll grab you. We'll beat you up, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, all the, like, everybody else, like, especially the white dudes, they just, like, kind of kept a straight face. Yeah. They know he said it. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. They tried talking about it off camera. Yeah. That was, oh, that shit was hilarious. Mm-hmm. But what's funny, too, is how a lot of the characters played into the they played into the stereotypes mm-hmm. like the uh um was it the uh, was it is it eddie guerrero i think it is yeah remember him and another dude used to come out together i can't remember who the fuck it was but he died too eddie guerrero yeah, yeah he died mm-hmm. but when he came but he i think he was mexican but they had this song that they used to play when they came out and it's like uh they lie they cheat they steal mm-hmm. and and i was like that's fucked up that is, I, yeah i knew that was <laughs> fucked up back then but yeah. it was just like the stereotype and then you had booker t that was like the stereotype like you sucker yeah and then he's almost to, like a black exploitation movie yeah they, <laughs> 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 and then he used to break dance and shit and i was like oh and then they had steve austin was also stereotype yeah, kind of like that southern. Yeah, that yeah. southern big burly white guy that he used to slam. Like he used to literally. I've never seen someone drink beers like that. This guy would take two beers, smash them together, and open them somehow, and just throw them in his mouth, dude. Imagine if he was he never actually drank alcohol. Like it was all show. That'd be crazy. Nah, that ain't show. He'd be slamming those beers. He, <laughs> he did it a couple times. I was like, God damn, that's crazy. Yeah. Oh, me and my dad met Goldberg one time. Yeah, you told me that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. If, I don't think we told the listeners, but mm-hmm. um, I remember it was years ago. Back in the day, there was a store called Ralph's. Right, there, we don't have a Ralph's in Bakersfield no more. But they used which to, is crazy because Ralph's is still a big, like yeah. a big franchise. <clears throat> yeah, but Ralph's used to be on Stockdale, mm-hmm. basically California and Stockdale, <clears throat> and where Dick is it? No, not Dick's. But what's the place called? Uh, Sports Chalet. Yeah, where Sports Chalet used to be, but it's just a the vacant building now. Yeah, that, I, I've seen people moving in and out of there, so yeah, I'm sure something is going to go up. Right something, there. but that place used to be Ralph's grocery store, <clears throat> and it was one late night, and it was um, it was during the summer, and me and my dad went went to the store. It probably it was a little late. It's probably like midnight or something mm-hmm. like that, and there was this big ass bus, like a, like a RV that was in that was outside in front of the store. Yeah. And then we was like, who the fuck is this? Yeah. And then we seen like, uh, uh, like it had all kind of emblems and stuff on it. And mm-hmm. it was like, okay, whatever. And then we seen a dude with a camera and it said MTV. Mm-hmm. I was like, MTV? What the fuck? Mm-hmm. And then you see Goldberg in an in a, in a aisle. I think he was in a canned food aisle or something like mm-hmm. that. And I was like, man, that looked like a... No, no matter of fact, I think my dad said it. Man, that looked like a fake Goldberg. Right? <laughs> yeah. 
And then like, I stopped and I was like, wait, that is Goldberg. Mm-hmm. And then my dad was like, hey, man, you Goldberg? He's like, yeah, I'm Goldberg. How you guys doing, man? <laughs> <laughs> and then he was like, man, you a big dude, man. Like my dad was like, you a big dude? He said, nah, man, you're a pretty big guy. And yeah, I was going to say your yeah. dad is taller than Goldberg. Right. And mm-hmm. he's like, you're a pretty big guy, man. He mm-hmm. said, yeah, you're over here with your son, man. You guys have a good night. He's a really mm-hmm. good guy. Yeah. He was buff as a motherfucker. But back then, my, my pops was really big. Yeah. So he, yeah, so he was bigger than Goldberg. Yeah, but yeah, that was a pretty cool random ass experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's cool. And then I ran into Gary Busey before at the gas station. Really? Yeah, yeah. He's a very strange man. He yeah, he's he's <laughs> like that. Gary Busey was my sixth grade teacher. That's her brother. Oh, okay. Busey, yeah, yeah. Gary. She always would talk about. I, I you know I, I I'm a little bit younger, so I wasn't familiar with all of his movies and shows and stuff, but. She would always talk about him. And Gary was a fucking huge actor in the 80s, too. Mm-hmm. I was shocked that he didn't start like barking or something. <laughs> I was like, hey, is that Gary Busey? Arr, 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 arr. I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> That's so crazy. That's so crazy. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm telling you, you're going to probably end up seeing Charlie Sheen out here one day. And he'll be honest. He'll be like, hey, what you doing out here? Ah, oh, looking for whores. Somebody <laughs> looking for whores. Somebody, uh, it's so random. Like, I hear about a lot of different sightings. Like, somebody told me, and I don't know how true some of these are, but because um, I didn't see it myself, but somebody told me that Takashi 69 was out here shopping uh, wow. in the mall or something like that. Somebody told me that they seen. Um, same uh Jerry for Jerry Ferreira, I think his name is. I know who the fuck that is. Uh he was in um in uh Entourage. Oh, okay, yeah. I know yeah. that. Oh yeah, one of the main characters. Uh-huh. He was Turtle in Entourage. Um, oh wow. And then a couple other people. But I'd be hearing these stories, I'd be like I'd be like, damn, that's crazy. Yeah, Joe Rogan had a story about Bakersfield where he's talking about how he was doing a show out here years ago. Mm-hmm. And he was at, he said he didn't want to say the hotel, but I'm pretty fucking positive it was Padre. Mm-hmm. And he said that the water was fucked up. He said that like the water started turning brown and shit. Oh gosh. And he's like, he said, imagine if you drank that, man. I would have been shitting on myself on stage. Like <laughs> he has a whole thing. I think uh, I think uh Powerhouse Podcasting had put that up. Shout out to Powerhouse Podcast. Yeah. I seen it on their page, but I think I had seen it when he actually talked about it on the mm-hmm. podcast. Mm-hmm. I think he was talking to Theo Vaughn yeah. when he had mentioned it. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, that's hilarious, man. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, I would, you know how uh, Jay Z was talking about um, the Hard Knock Life tour and DMX, of like out, basically outperforming him. I wonder. I, I'm curious to hear, like, because it the it was it wasn't that many dates on that tour, so I'm sure he really, you know, has a real recollection of Bakersfield. You know what I mean? So I wonder. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he has any stories about. Yeah, it's 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 nuts. <laughs> people don't. There's some people. Most people are not old enough to remember it. Um, but yeah, 1999, um, that tour came through to Bakersfield mm-hmm. um, and it was it was a fucking monstrous tour. Mm-hmm. You think about Method Man, Red Man, Jay-Z, DMX, Ja Rule, Eve, um, a, a Swiss Beats was there too. Mm-hmm. This is a fucking massive tour. tour. That is I a wonder, massive I, tour. Do you know anybody that went? Yeah, my cousin went. Really? My first cousin went. Yeah. yeah. What did, did he say anything and about it? My homie Eddie. Yeah, he said it was a crazy experience. They said that Method Man, Red Man was passing blunts to people and shit. Yeah. Smoking. Damn. Yeah. That was, yeah, that was that's a, so dope. That was a dope time in hip hop, man. Mm-hmm. I, I think that Bakersfield needs to experience that again. I feel like. 
this city has potential to do something fucking huge. Yeah. Right. We have some people that come out of the city that have done like monstrous things. You got Derek Carr, who was the active starting quarterback for the Raiders. It was, mm-hmm. a, you know, uh, and his brother was the fucking number one, number overall, one overall pick. pick. Yeah. You know, and starting from, from a, a small school. From, yeah. From a small school. These are two Bakersfield guys. You got Corn, who came from here. Yeah. You got all kinds of different actresses and shit that come from here. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's not like Bakersfield is just some bum ass place. Like there's a lot of potential here. Yeah. Right. They be having events though, like it's just not in in our culture. So right. sometimes you'll have like a country musician to come. Yeah. Um, and they have a really really big show at the uh, what it's like the I don't know what the name of the thing is now. What do you mean? The arena. They changed it again. It's, it's like, not Robber Bank no more, huh? No, it's they changed it after that. It's like something workers. Union Bank I don't know something. It's like you guys Need to just Fucking stop man Yeah What's next They're gonna call it The Taco Bell Arena <laughs> the ta- Taco Bell Center <laughs> It's probably A Taco Bell Center Somewhere it's in the probably. world Probably <laughs> Imagine if the person Like imagine they have A sporting event here And they're like Welcome to the Chalupa Center <laughs> Kobe and Shaq, the Lakers used to come here every year for a while. Every year the Lakers came to 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 play. Kevin Durant too. He came out here. Yeah. And they played the Lakers. Yeah, Yeah. man. Yeah, some cool like those like I know a lot of I have my friend Adam, he's like a almost like a Bakersfield sports historian. Mm -hmm. So he'd be having like clips of like videos and different things like that. And he'd be knowing all kind of facts about like different athletes coming here and stuff. Yeah. He'd be like, Yeah, uh, you know, uh, Gilbert Arenas played at Martin Luther King Park one summer. He'd be like, what the heck? Oh, that didn't literally happen, but I'm saying yeah. like he'd be knowing facts like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you see all kinds of people that come through here. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember uh, the old one of the older centers used to play for the Lakers, Sean Rooks. I uh-huh. seen him one time driving around, but he was assistant coach for Bakersfield Jam. Uh-huh. And it, it kind of brought back memories seeing Sean Rooks because I was like, fuck. I used to see this guy when I was a kid playing on – uh, Channel 45, mm-hmm. man. Like Sean Rooks and those mm-hmm. are good teams, man. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Eric Bledsoe. He's played for the Bakersfield the Jam. Jam yeah. yeah, a couple players, man. There's a the lot. The Jam of, has some talent. They have some real talent. We lost. I wonder them. what happened to that that team. The Bakersfield Jam. I heard they jammed. They got out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Stuck in a traffic jam. <laughs> <laughs> More like the Bakersfield Scram. <laughs> I, I'm curious, like just because that would be so dope because they they changed the the G League, you know, it's, yeah, it's not it the D League anymore. It's the G League now, and now a lot of kids are skipping college and going straight to the G League. So that would have been dope, you know, seeing like some potential number one overall picks p- playing in the G League in Bakersfield. You know, that'd have been you know fun to go to those some of those games. Yeah, definitely, man. Let's see here. Okay, you know what's crazy? It's like you, that people say, like, man, Bakersfield too small, man. Bakersfield too small. We can't have no pro teams here. I'm like, dude, first of all, you're dumb. You don't know the numbers of the people that live in Bakersfield. We could totally have a professional team here, and it will completely change the landscape of the city. We're bigger than Green Bay, Wisconsin, and they have a professional team. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, and the Green Bay Packers is like, that is like everything to them over there. Yeah. So it's like, yes, we totally could have a professional team here. I honestly, I'll be honest. I think that the that the Chargers would be better in Bakersfield than Los Angeles. Really? Fuck yeah. I think the Chargers would have more of a fan base in yeah. Bakersfield than Los Angeles because they don't give a fuck about them over there. Nobody the, gives a fuck about the Chargers in LA. What if the Clippers came down here? 
The Clippers? I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Possibly. I think. I, I think it's it's a money thing. Like Bakersfield, um, just numbers wise, um, you can't really compete with LA. Just the, no, the revenue they're bringing in and stuff. Yeah, but, re- yeah. But I think some of those smaller cities, um, they are where the most diehard fans are. Like the Oklahoma cities. They and, have a history, <laughs> I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Except Green Bay. What's another like? I don't know the numbers of uh, like small markets. Yeah, maybe like a Buffalo. Um, I don't know how many people are in Buffalo, but yeah, what is Utah? No, not Utah. Utah small market. That's not a small market team. I know the Bucks are a small market. In comparison, like you, I think Bakersfield is this. It might be like the sixty fourth largest city or somewhere in the sixties. I think in California is one of the biggest cities. Yeah, one of the biggest metropolitan cities in California. Yeah. Um. So and it's it's only like 30, 30 some teams. Well, probably if you really think about all the sports, it's probably over, you know, a couple hundred professional sports teams as far as soccer, yeah, baseball, football, basketball. So there's some room in there for Bakersfield to. I think there. like if you if you want a professional name or team like based on the city, like it's very simple. It'd be like the Bakersfield Roughnecks or the Bakersfield Drillers. Oh, for sure, yeah, very simple. Like mm-hmm. this is a bit a, a huge <clears throat> oil, you know, a oil city. Yeah, you have the oil fields out here. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't. You wouldn't come out. <laughs> we couldn't be the Bakersfield Solar Panels. I think <laughs> Bakersfield Solar Panels. <laughs> Bakersfield Solar. Bakersfield Conservatives. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> but I think I'm, I'm curious to know how those. I know there's like bidding processes, and you know you need some some donors with some money, and you know the city needs to be. Uh, Bakersfield got money, bro. Yeah, yeah. Bakersfield got money, dog. Don't be fooled by this. Mm-hmm. You know the fact that it's it's super hot and dry and shit. Yeah, don't don't be fooled by that. Though. There's mm-hmm. a lot of fucking money. At like ag, uh, the agriculture that's out here, like we are a huge part of like helping con- like other. We're a huge part of it in regards to like the country. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. So they they take loads of you know vegetables and shit from Bakersfield and take it all over the country. Yeah. Even like the Boathouse Farm. Oh yeah, you know they're from they're from Bakersfield. So oh yeah, their products are all over the country. So mm-hmm. those mm-hmm. drinks too, mm-hmm. those Boathouse <laughs> drinks, mm-hmm. those Clementine Orange and all that shit. Yeah, that should be fire, yo. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you have you ever had that one before. Clementine Orange. Oh, that shit's mm-hmm. fire, yo. Yeah, it tastes like it tastes like um, like as you was eating the orange, you got slapped by orange at the same time. <laughs> that shit tastes it's that. Fire. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this is orangey. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. All right, switching gears. Um, uh, recently, um, uh, USC running back Reggie Bush um, wanted to retrieve his Heisman Trophy after a rule change in the NCAA, and we'll talk a little bit about what that rule change was. Um. <clears throat> Former USC star Reggie Bush wants Heisman Trophy back after NCAA uh, introduces historic new rule. Reggie Bush forfeited his Heisman Trophy after investigation found he accepted gifts during his time at the University of Southern California. 
Reggie, a former you some blah, 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 blah. former University of Southern California Trojan star Reggie Bush made a public plea for his Heisman Trophy to be returned on Thursday. Bush made the request shortly after the NCAA approved the interim policy that allows athletes to profit from the use of their name, image, and likeness. The policy went into effect on July 1st, according to CNBC. The 36-year-old famously forfeited his 2005 Heisman Trophy which is awarded annually to the most outstanding college football player. After an investigation found, he received improper benefits as a student athlete while attending the school. According to ESPN, Bush and his relatives accepted money and travel expenses. His parents were also given a home in Southern California where they lived rent-free for more than a year and were provided with $10,000 to furnish it. Neither the NCAA nor the Heisman Trophy Trust immediately respond to people people's request for the comment in 2010 usc lost 30 football scholarships over three years as a result of the inquiry and also vacated 14 victories that bush played in a part of 2004 to 2005 npr reported um let me see what he said about it in quote this is reggie bush it is my strong belief that i won the heisman trophy solely due to my hard work and dedication on the football field and it is also my firm belief that my record should be reinstated bush who famously dated Kim Kardashian. That's unnecessary. Why they put that they in there? They don't need to talk about Kim. They just want to sneak that shit in there. He's he's so much more yeah. accomplished yeah, as an athlete this. than stop Kim Kardashian. fucking shit. In his statement, Bush said that said he and representatives have reached out to the NCAA and the Heisman Trophy Trust to start a dialogue about his reinstatement. We have left multiple messages from Michael Comerford and the president of the Heisman Trust, Bush explained, but instead received a call from Rob Whalen, the executor, executive director who stated that Mr. Comerford, damn, that's a hard, Comerford would not be calling us back and that in any event, they could not help us. Um, here's the problem. That's trash. There are multiple things that are wrong with this. For one, they are allowing athletes to make money off of their likeness now. So they're bringing back an NCAA football game. So I'm sure they get some type of stipend or something for having their likeness on the game. Are um, they bringing the game back? Oh, yeah, they're bringing it back. That's cool. So they're bringing that back. But not only that, but I think like if a player wants to sell his you know, wants to sell a jersey. He can sell his own jersey. If a player wants to sign autographs and pay for it, have people pay for his time, they can do that. If they want to, whatever the case, but they can get paid for it. Two Master P. Sun just got it back. Yeah, Master P. Sun just got $2 million. But here's the thing, man. Um, <clears throat> it's very true that rules do exist, right? <laughs> so we, we don't want to get outside the rules, right? Um, in regards to... Um, the rules that are set for college football. I think they're fucking bullshit. I'll say that. Just the same way I think it's bullshit that uh, Shikari Richardson is not able to compete because she had the weed, but rules are rules. And, but in this case, <laughs> grown adults broke the rules to, to, you know, to allow a 18, 19-year-old college football player uh, to, you know, they use, they use his talent as leverage to, you know, or I won't say, and actually, no. Bush used his talent as leverage to get his parents housing. Oh, dang, but I'm there bad. shouldn't be a position where he should do that. And it also wasn't right for his parents to accept that shit. Like, it wasn't right for his parents to accept the house and then $10,000 to furnish it. That, and live there rent free. And live there rent free. That says a lot about Reggie Bush's parents. Yeah. Because I wouldn't, I can't sell my son out. I'd be like, we'll give you $80,000. Your son, I'd be like, no, you ain't giving me nothing because I think you want to buy me and I think you're going to fucking blackmail my son. Yeah. Matter of fact, he ain't coming to USC. We're going to go somewhere else. 
I, I think, and I, I'm not sure of Reggie Bush's upbringing, but he's from San Diego, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. So, um, and he went to school with Alex Alex Smith. Yes, he did. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm not familiar with the area, but oftentimes, like uh, some that Maul said, Maul said that you know, as far as taking bad record deals, he was like, "Dude, you you came into this record deal." Um, still being being able to maintain your life. You're not, you know, obviously you might be a little bit hungry. You might skip a couple meals, but the lifestyle that you came into the to the rap game with was sustainable, right? So why throw your whole life away for you know a bad record deal or a bad opportunity? So I say that to say, with that, you know, we'll get to the actual meat of this conversation later. But with that, as far as like taking money and stuff like that your parents probably was able to afford the rent. You know what I mean? You, I don't know if he was on welfare mm, or not. I don't but, know. San Diego's expensive. But I'm saying before he went to, <laughs> before he went to um, college, he was, he had a certain lifestyle that he was living and he, I don't think he was homeless. You know what I mean? So basically I'm saying that he probably could have sustained uh, that his parents probably could have sustained at least three years and able until he was able to go to the NFL without accepting any, um, uh, you know, any uh, free rent or whatever. Mm, possibly. <clears throat> um, I just think it's it's really strange that um, grown adults are willing to kind of prey on these young, young people. Um, and they don't. And it's just weird how the whole team had to be sacrificed after that. Yeah. Co- Cody Kessler was on the back end of that. Yeah, he um, was. Of that suspension. Because <clears throat> it got investigated what year again? Uh, I think eleven or something. Somewhere in there, yeah, ten, eleven. Yeah, that's bullshit, though. It's bullshit that you go that far to investigate it, and then decide you're gonna take his Heisman away. And it's like, man, give the shit back. Yeah. It, it, like the college football is corrupt in general because these institutions make so much fucking money off these players, mm. way too much. Mm. It's such a lopsided business. We give you free college education. And we get billions of dollars. That's the deal. Mm. And that's a fucked up deal. Like, if we're being real. Yes, it's it's a rule, right? But two things are true, right? And it's the fact that now players are going to get paid for their likeness. And they say, well, they're amateur. They're amateur athletes. They're not professional, so they shouldn't get paid. Well, you are sure making a lot of money off of amateurism, sir. Mm-hmm. You're making a lot of fucking money off of amateurism. And what's crazy too is, is if you walk, let's say you're walking down the street, right? And let's say you're you're 19 years old and you started a quarterback for the USC Trojans. Matter of fact, let's say you're a backup quarterback and, and the starting quarterback got hurt. And let's say one day you walk into Wendy's and then some dude pulls up in a BMW with slick back hair and a freaking $250,000 watch on his wrist. And he says, hey, you David Jenkins? He'd be like, yeah, I am. Who are you, man? I don't know you. And he's like, "Why well, I know you. My name's so-and-so. I'm an agent. He's like, how about you come and talk to me? We'll go to this restaurant and we'll talk about it. You don't got to eat that Wendy's, man. You're above Wendy's, man. Come with me. Mm-hmm. Come on, come with me. And then you go with this guy. You go to a five-star restaurant. You talk, you talk, you talk. And all of a sudden, you leave that restaurant. You got $80,000 now. This shit really happens, folks. Mm-hmm. I don't think people understand the inner workings of how these young players get corrupted at such a young age, man. 
There's something, there's a thing called the Pony Express that's on ESPN 30 for 30. And there was fucking Eric Dickerson had a Trans Am. It was gold. Mm-hmm. And then he lied and said his grandma got it for him. Yeah. I like, mean, we honestly don't even have to search that far because no. I was, our championship, our state championship at BC got stripped away. It did. That's right. For basically, they, um, they said that there were athletes that were from out of state and, and you know other parts of the country mm-hmm. that came here and they were working and they falsified some of the the working uh mm-hmm. documents and stuff like that and then you know and the whole recruiting process and all that so basically they stripped our championship which has nothing to do with like on the field you know mm-hmm. what i mean we put the work in we went to all those tour days and you know all the practices and stuff like that and it's uh, all the weight room, all the the film study and all this stuff. And, you know, it's, it well, sucks. That was a really good team. That was a really exciting team to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one thing that they could never take back is the experience. Those experiences are yeah. yours. Yeah. You, you, could, you could take away and say, well, you guys, are, if, if if they can't take away the ring or they can't take away the, yeah. the, the amount of hard work. We and know it, we have a championship. Yeah, you know you have a championship. Yeah. But it's like the school is being penalized. Mm-hmm. Truth be told, none of this, none of these things would happen ever if schools cared more about like the actual students than winning. Yeah. Everybody wants to win. The agent, he wants to win. <clears throat> the 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 coach, he wants to win. Mm-hmm. And the sad thing about college football, it's so cutthroat that you could be a decent athlete and you get a hurt ankle, and that hurt ankle could be the difference between you going to the NFL or not, because they will promote two motherfuckers ahead of you when you get a hurt ankle, and now you gotta fight for your spot back. Yeah. This shit it, it's, college football is rough. College football is a whole be it's a whole demon, man. Yeah, you could be a five-star recruit coming from, you know, from Florida or whatever country. I got a, you know, tough football background. And then you get there and you like fourth string. It's It's weird. And you know what? Like, I don't want to, I don't want to throw out no names here, but my teammate, Blake Mackey, shout out to Blake, man. Um, Blake was a fucking, that guy was an NFL caliber wide receiver, Mm -hmm. right? Um. The stuff I seen from that guy when I played with him in high school was elite. But when he went to Colorado, he got to start for a little bit. I don't know what happened after that. I just feel like he was misused there. Mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes the programs you go to can improperly use you and stifle your growth. Blake should have been in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that he should have been in the league. Mm-hmm. As good as he was, as fast as he was, as good as his hands were. And going to certain schools could be the difference between that. Yeah. You know, or 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 the fucking coaching staff you were supposed to have, they all get fired. Yeah, now, happens a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. now you come into a program where they've they've stripped away all of your chances of actually going pro because they got a new position coach mm-hmm. or they got all that because it's such a business. Yeah. If you want to talk about amateurism and how amateur these players are, look at the business end on the back end of it. You got motherfucking coaches making how many millions a year? Mm-hmm. I see it's, it's all nuts. business. I, I remember, uh, you know, Braxton Huggins. We went to New Mexico <laughs> together, and while he was there, he probably had like three coaches, maybe. Wow! And they all had left and went to bigger because New Mexico is uh, in a WAC conference. There, that like one of the top dogs. Yeah. So every time, you know, if you if you want to, like, I guess. WAC as in Western Athletic Conference, correct? Yeah, 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 yeah. WAC, not WAC as in... Not like WAC like they trash. Not WAC like as in uh, uh, WAC. What's that? What's that comedian? Oh, no. He has a meme. I'm not sure. Oh, my God. Fuck, you just said his name. Anyways, don't worry about it. Oh, okay. But yeah, um, 
so um, the coaches usually go there. They'll probably win like 80% of their games. They'll make it to the um, to the NCAA tournament just based off of winning the Western Athletic Conference. And then, you know, it'll look good. Their record looks good. And then all of a sudden they go to a bigger, you know, they may go to the Mountain West or they may go to the Pac-12 or they may go to the, uh, the Big East or something like that. So I just say that to say like these coaches – it's a it's a business for them too. They know oh, yeah. that they have you know a, a opportunity to teach at a, I mean not teach but to to coach at a bigger school and to probably make more money in a bigger conference and be on TV a little bit more and all this kind of stuff. So true. Mm-hmm. And, and by the way, um, FYI, the whack meme is Hannibal Burris. Oh okay. You know how he was like whack. Oh, I never seen him. You never seen a meme? Come on, where he's leaning back and his mouth kind of open. I might have seen it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I get they have like a little audio behind it, but like his style, whack. His shirt, whack. His clothes, whack. Mm. You never seen it? I never seen that. Oh wow. Yeah. Keith, Keith's not an internet person. Yeah. My uh my screen time was down on my phone this week, so I'm happy. Uh what do you get it down to on average? Uh I don't know. It just has a uh when I'm just chilling, bored or something, my screen time goes up, but when I'm Busy, actively doing down. stuff. Yeah, I would yeah. have to look at the theme. I don't like the. I don't like to fuck with Instagram too much. It could turn into a black hole, man. Oh, for sure. Yeah, let me see. Uh, where's mine's at? Hold on. Uh, my daily average is an hour and fifty-one minutes. Okay, that's not bad, and you got to. It's twenty-four hours in a day. Yeah. Let's see your activity. Where is it? Screen time. Okay. Yeah, my screen time been high Saturday. It brought it all up, but it was averaging one minute, one hour, thirty four minutes. And then when I'm when I'm waiting on the truck, I, yeah, out of town. If I got a long ass wait, I just be on IG. Yeah. So one day it was three hours. Three hours on IG. Yeah. Another one yeah. was two hours, and then it was back down to one hour so and so. And then it was, damn. So yesterday was four hours yesterday. My biggest one is always YouTube. Today is 50, <clears throat> 57 minutes today. Oh, okay. Yeah, the weekends is going to be a little bit higher. You're not doing much. Yeah, but honestly, though, you, you want to use this shit as a tool. Yeah, you, you don't, don't want to let it use you. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's fucking... That's, that's, that's what I try. That's my main goal. And that stuff is not even intentional. Like, right. I, basically, on Sunday mornings, I'll get a notification that say, hey, your screen time was up. 10% or your screen time was down today said it was down 23% mm. but um yeah I think that's the you know the goal but it's not even intentional like I'll just be working on stuff on my computer and you know so I'm not even being like I'll text somebody back if they text me but I'm not even like you know just on there scrolling through social media I wonder other people's like I think some people's screen time is crazy bro it's probably like six six hours oh I'm sure six yeah. or seven hours of yeah Think about what that is. Mm-hmm. Okay, if your screen time is like seven hours, like you've literally almost worked a whole shift of Instagram. Shh. The only time your Instagram should be eight hours is if you work for Instagram. If you work at Facebook. <laughs> if, you, if you work for Instagram, I get it. But if it's not, like you need mm-hmm. to get off of that shit. Mm-hmm. Like, I, here's the thing. Like, even if I have a story, like, and it'll be like a story with like five or sh- six slides or whatever. Mm-hmm. I like I posted it because I found some form of substance. It was either funny mm-hmm. or it was thought provoking or mm-hmm. whatever the case. Mm-hmm. And I'll post it. But I, I've also took the time to realize, like, is this something significant that I should post? 
Yeah. Like I'm not even is why am I do, am I just doing this? I post some stuff before and then I just like looked at it like why did I post did I just delete it? <laughs> like, what the fuck was I? This is so stupid. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a waste of people's time to see something stupid on your on your feed. Yeah. 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 And that that's the thing too like as much as people they be like, "Oh, I'm bored. I don't got nothing to do." Like, even even in those instances where um, you are just scrolling through Instagram or you just scrolling through Facebook or something, there's ways to curate information in those in that you know in that world. You know what I mean? There's Instagram pages that have financial information and Instagram pages that could literally tell you like, "Hey, this is how you can make a hundred thousand dollars in a year. This is how you make a thousand dollars off of a product you can get." online from China or something like that. So, but I think that most people, they don't, they're not really interested in that. They're just scrolling through, looking at, um, you know, pictures and following, you know, seeing what celebrities are doing or whatever. Yeah. I was thinking about with this whole Reggie Bush thing, like they've made it to where athletes can now get paid off their likeness. But I think the problem (laughs) with what we do, not only as a society or a country is that we'll make something okay, but we don't retroactively fix the things that, caused us to come to this determination that mm-hmm. you know hey it's not right athletes should get paid right but what about all the people that got fucked so now yeah. now they're just fucked and that's it it's kind of like it's kind of like even juneteenth like the only reason why juneteenth exists is because the last slaves were two years behind freedom mm-hmm. like they didn't know they were free for two years and then they just showed up and was like okay you guys are free now yeah there was no retroactive like mm-hmm. fixings of anything there was no wealth. The 40 acres in the mule was never given to people. Mm-hmm. And I know some people are like, oh, my God, here they go with this crying boohoo. Well, here's a problem, man. Um, if you or people who look like you were not slaves for 400 years, yeah, you definitely wouldn't fucking get it. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fucked up how we could have a system in play that is like <clears throat> it's 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 so fucked up. And then. Once we just correct it, we think that that's enough. It's not enough. It's not sufficient because there are a bunch of people who have residual effects from the from the shit that we never fixed. That's the problem. Yeah. As far as a retroactive like fix fixation of things, um, I think it's a case by case basis. So I would have to look at like each individual thing. I just think like sometimes the actual. the actual, I don't know, the repercussions of what someone is doing is just so drastic that it doesn't really make sense. Like for Reggie Bush to accept to do something, I guess that would be considered illegal for a um, for a college athlete and accepting gifts and, you know, getting his uh, rent paid and whatnot for his family. Um, You know, that's wrong under the eyes of the NCAA guidelines. Um, But stripping away his Heisman trophy it, 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 it there's no correlation there yeah there's none. you know what I mean I could understand like the school or even you know I don't know maybe even being like suspended a game or something like that I just think like whatever you're doing it has to it has to it has to actually make sense because we physically seen this man run all over the Pac-10 right <laughs> and then he wins a Heisman Trophy and then go you know wins a championship and all that it's like what like 
when does that make sense? There's and he put, like he and like he said, he put in all the hard work in order to win that Heisman Trophy and to just strip yeah. that away because he accepted some gifts. He did. He was doing. He couldn't do any wrong back then. Two thousand five, Reggie was running everybody, mm-hmm. running running around everybody, getting touchdowns. Mm-hmm. He was scoring off and on the field. He even yeah, got he, he got he got he got Kim Kardashian right before he went pro. Mm-hmm. So that's crazy. Mm-hmm. So you gotta like you gotta have some form of status. Like um, <clears throat> Matt Leiter and Reggie Bush were spotted a few times at celebrity parties in college. So Matt Leiter was like like chilling with like Leonardo DiCaprio and all these people when he was in college. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah, you like that USC football at that time? Oh, it's huge, man. Man, it was huge. It was huge. They USC. were they were like sh- really Showtime. I haven't seen as far I, I don't watch college football as much as I used to, but I don't know of a more exciting like era of like watching USC football. Yeah. And people get mad when I say this, but I, I just say it and it just makes people mad. But Reggie Bush was the best running back in college football history. I don't get what I don't give a fuck what anyone says. Like, what about Bo Jackson? Especially when you talk to older, older people. Like my dad was like, oh hell no, I ain't no OJ was better than him. I'm like, nah, you nah. You got nah. you gotta think too. Like, we're only talking about college. That's it. So just like Jay Williams can be like one of the best college basketball players, or Grant Hill could be one of the best college basketball players ever. We only talking about college. We're not talking yeah. about no professional. Christian Leitner is one of the best college players ever. Technic like <clears throat> to most, he's probably considered the best college player ever. Really, Christian Leitner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Christian Leitner is definitely one of the best ever to play college uh, basketball. Another one, I guess you, I, what, Jay Williams, I guess is one of them too. Yeah, he was a he was a big deal at Duke. Technically, I won't say Mateen Cleaves, but he's definitely not. But he's probably one of the best. Mm-hmm. And I used to see Mateen Cleaves all the time. Really? Yeah. Remember Mateen used to play for Michigan State? Mm-hmm. He was playing at a Bakersfield Jam. Oh, okay. And when um when I was in college, I seen him in Sears. I was like, is that Mateen? Yeah. Mateen Cleaves? He's like, yeah, man, what's up? I'm bigger than him, too. Really? Yeah, I'm taller than him and bigger than him. God damn. And he was like, yeah, man. I was like, damn. That's cr-. I was like, I, I forgot what I said. I was like, hey, man, some whatever. Hey, man, you be safe. Have a good day. But mm-hmm. I was probably only like... 21 mm-hmm. probably mm-hmm. Mateen was a huge deal man mm-hmm. that motherfucker was he's if he was actually technically or in the school books he's the best Michigan State player ever oh okay. I believe so which yeah. means rank him over Magic Johnson mm-hmm. dang yeah wow dang. yeah it, it's a it's a a lot of those a lot of those guys we should make a we should make a doll with with Keith reactions it should be like a doll where you pull a string and it's like, yeah, wow. <laughs> I forgot what I forgot <laughs> what happened right there is I forgot what we were talking about. So I forget, I forgot we were talking about college athletes yeah. and I was like, it's like conversation extenders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. I, to, I totally forgot we was talking about like elite college athletes. You ever have somebody tell you something you didn't give a fuck about and then when they're done you be like, dang, that's great. <laughs> you know, it's was uh, kind of like I. Figured out what we were talking about, but that dude, um, Colt Colt Brennan, or yeah. something. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It was a couple Hawaii quarterbacks that were like throwing for thousands of yards, and then Colt you was know. the one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, man, that's sad. He was mm-hmm. only only a year older than me, man. Yeah. Well, actually, I think we're the same age. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember. I definitely remember him. Like 
because Hawaii wasn't, they were in the uh, Western Athletic Conference. So, you know, they would always play Fresno State and uh, I forget the other teams I was in, maybe like Utah and a couple other teams that were in the Western Athletic Conference. But yeah, yeah, you would always see him, you know, throwing, slanging that ball around. Cole Brennan was a bad motherfucker. They passed on every play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They had a, like a, <clears throat> I don't know if it was a Japanese quarterback after that. Or I think he was Hawaiian or something. Yeah, I think he was Hawaiian. You know I do about? remember. Yeah, because it was that's because it was almost like a thing for Hawaii quarterback, or, yeah. you know, University of Hawaii quarterbacks to to be, uh, you know, passing for thousands and thousands of yards. So. I think his name was Chang or something. Yeah, I do remember that. Uh, hold on. Let me look it up real quick. But that's that era where I was talking about where I, I just love and obviously I was playing football and I had goals and aspirations, but. I would just love watching like college. I watch college football all Saturday. Yep. Wow. That, oh, Timmy was before him. Damn. Timmy Chang is thirty nine. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Timmy Chang, man, he was thirty nine. He played for Hawaii at quarterback. Damn, that's crazy. Yeah. Damn. I thought I'm tripping. I put him after Brennan. He was before him. I remember when Fresno State played USC. You said what? Oh yeah, yeah. My, my homeboy, shout out to Rashawn Vercher. Yeah. Rashawn scored a touchdown. Yeah, that was a such t- a dope game. That was a hell of a good game. Yeah, yeah, it was a great game, man. Uh, matter of fact, I'm gonna, look, <clears throat> I'm gonna look that up right now. It was Fresno versus USC. What was that? Two two thousand six. Yeah, no, oh five. It shows here. Oh five. Number one, sixteen. Number one, number sixteen. Fresno State. Oh, Seth was up there. I forgot about that. They yeah. were both ranked. I, yeah. yeah, I remember because I, I, I had like football practice that day, and I had took a nap and woke up, and that nigga Reggie Bush was running down the field. I was like, dang. They barely beat him 42 to 50. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that, yeah. Yeah, it says here, number one, Southern California got another major scare Saturday night, but the electrifying Reggie Bush playing in the game of his life wouldn't let the Rogans lose. Bush making – making a strong Heisman Trophy statement, ran for a career high 294 yards on 23 carries and scored twice, leading the Trojans to a wild 50-42 victory over number 16 Fresno State and keeping their hopes alive for an unprecedented third straight national championship. Bush, a Heisman finalist as a sophomore last year, also caught three passes for 68 yards in a Pac-10 record with 513 all-purpose yards. Easily breaking. Fucking crazy. Breaking the USC standard of 368 set by Anthony Davis against Notre Dame. He said, and quote, I was really feeling it. I was, <laughs> I was in sync tonight. I was in sync. He was really feeling that money. Man. After that game, he was like, I was really feeling all that money in my pocket. In <laughs> quote, Reggie Bush, they really paid my parents after this one. <laughs> I'm going to lose my Heisman trophy. <laughs> but the, the, even with that, the whole like, I guess the payola associated with college athletes. I knew like guys like Alfonso Jackson, like who I who I played with in high school. I remember times where um, he would be saying like, "Yeah, Joey Porter, every touchdown I get, he'll he'll break me off like ten dollars. He'll break me off like twenty dollars." So it's uh-huh. just it's just like a thing that you know that happens with you know when people have relationships with uh, people with some money. Yeah. Looking at my homie's stats right here, he got in. He got a. I think it was like a cup, three yard, six yard touchdown or something like that. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, two thousand five. Yeah, Fresno State. They look so. 
just the just the physical look of the team was like it was like the Monstars versus the Looney Tunes. Nah, not against Fresno State was tough, bro. They was tough, but they were nowhere near the physical size of the the USC team. No way. Uh, I don't know, cause you gotta look at that game again. Yeah, they had they a, were small. They <clears> had, <throat> but they also had a dude, um, dude I played against named Tyler Klutz. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> he was a defensive end. Let's see, but he was in the NFL for years. Yeah, he's thirty six. He's one year older than me, but mm-hmm. eighty four. So yeah. Yeah, Tyler played in the NFL for years. God damn, I forgot about that. What school? What high school did he go to? Tyler Klutz, he went to hold on from Vallejo, California. Fuck, did he go to Cleveland to Clovis? I believe. Mm. Let me see. Yep, Clovis High School. We played them. We played them for a Valley Championship. We fucking smoked their ass. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, we smoked them. But uh, he was good though. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man. Uh, yeah, it looks like we came to the end of this conversation. We went all over the place. <laughs> but yeah, man. Um, got anything else, Keith? No, that's pretty much it. Yeah, well, that's pretty much it, man. Um, we'd like to thank all you guys for continuing to tune in. And don't forget, make sure you subscribe. Hit the like button. <laughs> all right? Um, and share it with a friend if you really... Only if you like the content. Yeah. If you don't like it, don't share it. I don't want you to do something you don't want to do, okay? Yeah. But if you enjoy the content and you felt it was shareable, send it to a friend. Let's yeah. help. Let's help grow this thing so Truckers Mind Podcast can be seen from here to the end of the country. That's what we want. You, you. Uh, what also happens is you get those bragging rights. There like, you go. yo, I was, I was a day one. I was listening yeah. to a Truckers Mind Podcast when they had a hundred listens on every episode or something like that. Yeah. So you know. That's something that you know a cool little nugget you can have oh yeah most definitely man we know who we know who our day ones are man we look at the analytics mm-hmm. we appreciate you guys you know mm-hmm. we, we see who's filling us on there and it's like i know what i love about the listeners that's a, a part of this like tribe or this culture of this podcast is the fact that i know we say things that they don't agree with mm-hmm. right i know that they we probably say stuff they're like oh god eddie shut the fuck up right yeah but at the same time they don't dis they don't discredit my whole character or Keith's whole character because they simply don't agree with one thing we said. Yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. it says a lot about the people that keep coming to this podcast, how they could disagree and continue to stay listening. That's yeah. a big, that's, I love people like that. I think that's the type of listener we, we would want though. Right. Like people it's, like us, you know, that cannot necessarily agree with something or don't have to necessarily believe in something, but still can consume it and, you know, create their own opinion. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Most Definitely. Like I, I, I actually don't like coleslaw, but if you like coleslaw, that's cool. But I, I don't I don't think we'll be friends. But I think that we could definitely agree to disagree on the coleslaw. <laughs> I like coleslaw. Eh, well you can be Keith's friend. <laughs> I ain't fucking with you. I'm like I'm like Big Sean, I ain't fucking with you. You eat coleslaw, I ain't fucking with you. <laughs> You little, you little dumb, dumb slaw. I ain't fucking with you. <laughs> I seen you sitting there eating coleslaw, making me sick. <laughs> they had. A, I went to Pittsburgh once, and I remember on the Food Network, it was one of them shows where you know they go to the different places and they're trying to find the best sandwiches and hamburgers across the country. I don't know if it was Guy, but it, it was it was one of those kind of Diners, shows. Diners, drive-ins, and dives. <laughs> yeah, so it was... This sandwich is gangsta. 
<laughs> How the fuck is the sandwich gangster, bro? That, that I feel like he's also like a uh, a chameleon. Right. Yeah. So he he is. Be, he'd be in Crenshaw like Right. What's up, cuz? <laughs> <laughs> oh dang it. That's crazy. He does do that. When he like goes to like a Mexican restaurant, he changes what he says. <laughs> Hasta la vista. Like, this sandwich is adios muchacho. <laughs> oh my oh, gosh. Man. Yeah. He'll be at a black barbecue spot like mm, this chicken is so al green. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oh. That sounds crazy. Oh, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> Go ahead. No, but I I remember um it was I don't even want to tell the story after that. It's not even worth it. What happened? But I, basically, I was saying I had a, uh, it was a, a meal that I seen on Food Network, and I was like, oh, this is a thing that I seen. It had coleslaw on it, but it was kind of nasty. So that was pretty much. Yeah, he would say shit like literally, like these mozzarella sticks are so gangster. <laughs> like, how the fuck is something gangster? I love Guy Fieri. I think Guy Fieri has the best job in America. Mm-hmm. Like he literally does. He got a huge contract. You seen it? Yeah, yeah. It's lot like of sixty million or some shit like that. Yeah, a lot of M's. So he got a lot of money to do what he loves. Mm-hmm. He drives nice cars. He comes in like. And the thing about it is, is some people hate Guy Fieri in it, and it's weird. But the people that there's a bunch of people that that talk to him that know him, and they're yeah. like. They love Guy Fieri. Have you ever seen him? Because I know a lot of time he praises the food. Have you ever seen him like, nah, this ain't it? I don't know. Like, you could tell by his reaction if it's yeah. not that great. But yeah. he still won't disrespect you. Yeah. It was a couple times where he was eating. And my, he might have he might have tried some chitlins or something like that. All right. And he just didn't. He wasn't feeling it at all. He was like, ah, I don't know about this one. You know what I noticed what he does when something's not that great? He'll look for the next best thing to taste. Uh-huh. So he'll eat some like chicken or something he doesn't like. He'll eat it and be like, all right, let's try some of that cold slaw. Uh-huh. <laughs> all right, now we're talking. <laughs> this 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 uh this coleslaw is definitely adios muchacho. <laughs> Oh, he'll be speaking all kinds of like wrong Spanish and shit. Daddy. Like, like, yeah, this is definitely auto Carnicho. <laughs> like, yeah, this cornbread is a Sojourner Truth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, this Kool Aid is so Martin Luther King. <laughs> kind of he's kind of a chameleon if anybody watches diner drivers and dives <laughs> go to like the seasons. sometimes i binge watch it i'm not gonna lie because i love that show so much and i love food mm-hmm. like the, the number one channel be, with me has to be um like honestly now i don't even have cable i turn my shit off but yeah. i like i can still watch like episodes of diners drivers and dives and all yeah. that and yeah. like my favorite shit is is the food network uh-huh. i grew up watching julia childs you know mm-hmm. julia childs is i'd have to see her She's an old school cook, and mm-hmm. she has a weird voice. She's like, "Today, what we're going to make is some raspberry familiar. cooking, and it's really good." Like that's just, I'm like, "Yo, I don't know what the fuck." I happened. used to, I used to love the uh, the Food Channel. I used to watch what's the racist lady? Um, the racist lady, the white lady. She's from the south. Oh, the one that had the cookware. Yeah. 
Oh my god. I can't think of her name, but fuck. Oh man. See, this is why Google is important. Yeah. Because you don't want to just be saying stuff without like uh like context. Mm-hmm. Uh hold on, I'm gonna look it up here. Yeah, you gotta find out. Star. See Keith, you gotta you know, good thing good thing we got Google, man, because if you don't Paula Dean. Paula Dean, yep. Paula I used Dean. to love watching Paula Dean. I don't mind Paula Dean. <laughs> I think that Paula Dean, like the way she I don't know, the way she spoke about it, like she's I think people can change. If you believe that people can change, then you shouldn't hold something over their heads forever. Yeah. And she's really old and I feel like racism was like uh, was like as American so as casual. apple pie at that yeah. time. So it's like it's almost like if you go back far enough for me, you're going to hear me using the F word that rhymes with maggot, right? And yeah. you're going to hear me saying the B word with, with regards to women and stuff. Rhymes and with itch. Yeah, rhymes with itch. And the thing about it is like that's, you know, it's ignorant, but that's I don't like to hold people to their past, but if you have if you if you have not changed and it's like don't try to apologize now like yeah you still you still yeah. racist you know I, I, I would have to see I, I I didn't see the statement or whatever she she made like, but I, I know some people apologize for getting caught versus uh, apologizing for what they're doing true. and you know and I you know I don't want to like put any sort of like uh, you could tell though yeah it depends like if Paula Dean if she apologized and just like you could tell she still hadn't changed like. I have no problems with people of color. I've never once had a, any issue with a nigger or anyone else. <laughs> I, I, I get along perfectly fine with colored people. I've never had any issues. You'd be like, oh my God. Like being called the N word, yeah, that's offensive, but I think it's more offensive to be called colored. Yeah, for sure. You're like, motherfucker, you called me colored. I'm not a crayon, motherfucker. I'm sorry for calling you a nigger. Can I be invited to the barbecue now, like Joe Biden? <laughs> <laughs> ain't nobody met Joe Biden in a fucking barbecue. <laughs> and you can imagine Guy Fieri, he eats like cornbread, like, woo, this cornbread is colored. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's got colored people written all over it. <laughs> Gangsta colored people. <laughs> Did you ever hear that? Uh, that Smokey Robinson song, it's like gang it's banging. Like, yeah, ga- oh, gang banging. <laughs> it's the most, dude. It's so hilarious that he is so old. He probably thought that song was gonna change the world or something. He's like, he, that mug is so trash. It, it, I think it's recent. I, I you know, it was a long. It had to be a long. Hold on, just man. the way the video looks, it was probably in the nineties. Probably the nineties. He still was out like, of t- He was old in the 90s, though. He was old. Smokey Robinson old as fuck. That song is so trash. Oh. like sipping wine, cruising online. This <laughs> is so stupid. Oh, my God. Game banging. Game banging. Okay, hold on. Okay, here it is. No, it was released in 2004. 2004? Yes. God dang. This shit is fucked up. Nah, let me play it. Oh, I can play. play. You got it? <laughs> yeah, I'll hook it up real quick. This shit. Y'all is, gotta hear this. I wish they had like a direct, like, just where he gets straight to the hook. It's a, it shows a nine minute video. That's crazy. Did, oh, there's another one that's four minutes. If you go to Google, it'll be the second one. Oh, text it to me. <clears throat> Making it one. <laughs> 
Oh my god. I wonder I have no, I don't even know how old I know Smokey Robinson is definitely older than Joe Biden for sure. Smokey. Smokey probably 70 something. Oh yeah. Joe Biden was 78? I think so. Yeah, well this guy is that guy's right there knocking on that door. Oh shit, let me take it off. You got it? All right. I just sent it to you right now. You guys got to hear this shit. We were about to close this podcast up, but as soon as Smokey Robinson came up as a topic, we had to keep going. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Turn it up. Turn it up. All right, you get there. Oh. It sounds weird, man. Yeah, they can't hear it good, dude. Oh, it's too loud. That's too loud. Then so you gotta turn that shit down. You hear it now? The quality of video sucks, man. Here, listen. It sounds fucked up, dude. It doesn't sound. Yeah, you gotta get another one. That shit's fucked up. Ew. Oh, wait. Your mic is way the fuck behind you. I don't think people can hear you talking. <laughs> fuck it, man. You guys get it. That shit sounds terrible, dude. That sound is underwater. Yeah. But the, uh, the, uh. Yeah, go ahead. Pull the, it, but be careful because that shit sounds. It's, I'll just leave it in there. You leave it in. Um, I think uh, when we played the Carl Nassib clip, it was working perfectly fine. It was decent, but yeah. I think that that audio's fucked up. <clears throat> Who knows? Who knows, man? Yeah. But yeah, there's that, man. Let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. If you made it to the end of this podcast, man, we appreciate you. Thank you for listening to a Trucker's Mind podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy K. Fings. We're out of here. Peace.